From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Brains, the show where we enjoy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya, tonight we're talking about Replicas. It's a 2018 science fiction film directed by Jeffrey Nachmanoff. <laughs> Nacho Man? Nachmanoff? <laughs> Nachman, something like that, if I get it right. I looked up how you say... Keanu, Keanu, I can't say it now. Keanu Reeves. I didn't look up Jeffrey Nachmanoff. And it's written by Chad St. John. Is the screenplay based on a story by Stephen Hamill. And it does star the one and only Keanu Reeves. Alice Eve and Thomas, Thomas Middleditch. That's better than the left ditch or the right ditch. The middle one is certainly superior. Don't want to be in any of those ditches, which is, there's a little bit of irony, which we'll come back to in a moment. Yes. Okay, so we'll turn back now <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, because we're going to go all over it. So this is your spoiler warning, 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 warning. warning. And then tune back in and listen to us. Yeah, hit us up. See what you think What uh, about what we think about replicas. Basically, replicas, sorry, if you're interested, but you've seen this movie, so you know all about it is a neuroscientist, which is played by Reeves, uh, becomes obsessed with bringing back his family members who die in a ditch. In a ditch? Maybe. Well, it's probably more of a river or something, isn't it? I suppose. He went off the yeah, ditch. in a ditch. That's why we're talking about Thomas Middle Ditch versus Left Ditch or Right Ditch. Anyway, his family members all die in this horrific traffic accident. And he decides to grab a copy of their memories and then shove them into clones, grow them into a new family, and just go about his daily life. Just continue on from there. <laughs> continue on from there. Nothing to see here, people. It introduces some you know, troubling ideas and concepts throughout the movie, I find. Yeah, it's a good moral dilemma, isn't it? And it is something that I want to ask you in a little bit. So we'll come back to that. But my first question for you, Surrey, is what was your number one takeaway from Replicas? My number one takeaway from Replicas is that it is very disturbing and troubling to try and consider which one of your family members you will not keep alive. Ooh, creepy. I already know which one that is. <laughs> I know you do. I know we you do. We all know. <laughs> we all know. And it only works, though, for, like, you know, partner and children. Yeah. It doesn't work for brothers and sisters because that becomes a pretty easy option. Total. I know. I'd, Sibling. I, it would be harder to figure out which of my two brothers to keep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I'm one of four. There's a little space brain secret for you tonight, people. One of four children. And I'd be in the same boat. I mean, I was so, a bit of the black sheep, so it'd be like, do we have to have any of them? Yeah, Can't I like, be an only child? You can only choose one of them. Do I have to choose one yeah. of them? Can't we save some energy? It's good for the environment. I mean, <laughs> what about like David Bowie? Yeah. 
Why don't we bring him back? Is he viable? Can he be my brother? I never got to have an interview with him. I always wanted to talk to him just for a bit before he rips himself apart. Really good point. Yes. I like that. So th- that, that was sort of number one. I think there. And tell me then, is this a hope, a warning, or an ex- experiment? I think this is literally an experiment movie because here you have a scenario where a man, father, husband, literally loses his family, you know, he he carries them out of the water, puts their lifeless bodies down, but he has the the power and the ability to, like, zap out their memories, their brains, and possibly do something with that, right? So someone like myself, I don't have that power or ability at my fingertips, so I would just have to suffer in this scenario. (laughs) But it's a perfect example of a story where it's like, a what if story. So to me, it's like uh, a total experiment. And then we oh, just so. see that experiment play out over two I hours. Think so. it, it almost could have been a hope, almost could have been a warning, but it it went down the route of experiment. Because yeah. it could have been a warning uh, more like, say, uh, I guess, well, I guess any number of these, you're playing God type things and then you've, you've pet cemetery. I'm yeah. saying, oh, that's that's... The first, it's not really science fiction, but again, yeah. you can bring your pet back to life. You go bury it there and it comes yeah. back, but it's a grumpy pet. Yeah. So what if you do it with your family? It's a yeah. grumpy family. That's a warning. Yeah, that's But this one warning. here, it's like he gets back this family. We don't know if everything's going to be okay or not. Like that, that isn't really answered to, for us. There's still some question because, you know, like uh, his son puts the mashed potato, misses the plate. It's not a big deal. And it's not a big deal. My kids and do his, that anyway. His and wife occasionally quite. sort of had tinges of where the yeah. tree branch skewered. So you're sort of going, there are some difficulties. Could they resolve in other things? But because it wasn't a warning story, we didn't explore, you know, that they suddenly grow an additional arm at the top of their yeah. head or something. Yeah. Or turn into or, ravening killers. Yeah, that's right. The pet cemetery is a good connection. that they They've come back, but they've come back his wife is no longer his wife. She's actually just a grumpy mole. The whole time, she's just grumpy. <laughs> Whereas, it, you know, his w- first wife wasn't. So it's like, but that's not what this film does. This film just is like the experiment of like, what if, oh, you could do it, and then you grew them as clones, transferred their brains, and kind of managed to get them back on side with the whole process, right? So to me, it's an experiment. But if you agree or disagree, I would like you to, you know, on one of our social media sites. Uh, of which we have many. We do. Google us, you'll find them. You will. What was your favourite scene, sorry? Uh, my favourite scene was the scene, and this is often happens in movies, it's a scene that made me feel uncomfortable. Right. And I feel that uh, art in general, but in this case movie makers, have done a good job, like a director, writer has done a good job when there's a scene where I, I have a physical reaction. Yeah. And that could be an exciting chase scene where you you actually do feel excited. You know, your heart starts beating yeah. faster and, and you go, whoa, yeah. exciting. Except you don't say that because it's, <laughs> it's not the way it works. That's pretty lame. But in this case here, uh, I was, it, it made me feel a bit upset and, um, and troubled. Yeah. And that was where... It dawned on, what was the character's name? Bill. Bill, yeah, William. William. Yeah, it dawned on, on William by Reeves. Yeah. that he had four pods yeah. with which to clone, but yeah. 
five people. Yeah. No, three, three to three machines. four people, four people, four people to bring back, and that whole <laughs> sort of argument and writing names down on a piece yeah. of paper and to choose, and I, I found that it, it was upsetting. Yeah, it was because uh, maybe back when I was in my twenties and single, maybe not as upsetting. I would just go like, I don't see what the problem is. Just choose none. Yeah. Just get a new family. <laughs> why not? What difference does it make? Whereas now I'd be thinking... Trade in the wife. Go for it. Yeah, now, now I, I just... It they would love be, widows. It would be heartbreaking to, to not bring back you know, one of my kids. Of course, yeah. Heartbreaking. It's so true. that that was... Yeah, and I think Keanu did a great job of being a, a bit crazy upset. You know, he wasn't yeah. just... Yeah, he was quite pragmatic in that he tried to come up with an approach. But you could you could see he was fraying a little bit on the edges there. He wasn't he wasn't really holding it together. Nearly well, he as well wanted as he, could. he also wanted like yeah. he kind of it was. I think it was good that he started to do the names and the the bowl idea, and to decide who would obviously not get reincarnated, and then very quickly like wanted to palm that off to the other guy. Like pick a name, and then that and I liked that. Then that that guy was like, no, you've got me to do some awful shit tonight already <laughs> get rid of the dead bodies helping you do this illegal thing you know risking my job and my career and my reputation i'm not then picking who comes back you know no, no. and i liked that i liked that the the other character kind of stood up to him in that moment well he couldn't though because <coughs> he would run the risk of being blamed yeah yeah you know why didn't you choose the other one yeah why did you choose that one, yeah. yeah, but it needed to be um, Bill's choice. It needed to be his decision. You know? Like it had to be. I mean, it's he had to live family. with. He had to live with his consequences. He had to live with that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what was a, a bit of science fiction in this film that you liked? I loved the fact that we had Bill Reeves's character. Um, so his job or his experiment that he was doing for this private company was the possibility of transferring a brain, a human brain all of the details that we find in the human brain into a machine, a robot. Um, and I just liked, and they did this moment throughout the film a few times. In the beginning of the film, they set it up, and it's a really beautiful to me scene that he pulls up this massive big hologram of the human brain, and he's kind of looking at neurons, and he's like also bringing out computer code, and he's, you know, he's, he's doing it all in front of him. It had a bit of a similarity to Minority Report with Tom Cruise I doing this stuff. I think that was stuff. sort of the first. I'm trying to think if, if I can think of any others. I think that was the first where that was that big sort of sweeping hand gestures yeah. to, to shift things and spin things. And, you know, cause yeah. you, you'd get that. And for a film uh, presentation or you know, visually, yeah. it's much more exciting than some tap way on a keyboard. Because you get these big sweeping hand gestures, yeah. and you can you know shakes of the head and yeah. pokes and jabs and twists. You know, like <laughs> uh, I think it, it works very well. It's much and more I, interactive. It, I liked in this replicas, they did it to they kind of honed us in on William doing it, and it was like a beautiful big sweeping orchestral music in the background, mm. and it kind of made it like he was directing a sympathy. And he was just going for it. And it, it, I think it really showed us, like, this was his moment of magic or his, um, 
moment of expertise, I suppose, mm. is what I want to try to get to. So it really proved that, yeah, he's a scientist. This is this is what he does. This is the thing that he does, and he does it well. And I think Reeves did it really well. Like I think he, because the actors are working with nothing <laughs> in front of them, and they're just directing, as you said, pinching and tweaking and prodding and. Nothing, and yet this all happens in under our eyes at the finished product movie. So. I, I often wonder with things like that if they do which one they do first. Do they yeah. just say, "Okay, Keanu, try a few of these things"? You know, you got to bring this up. You got to turn that. Uh, it's gotta, him. It's totally. And just then him. he just invents movements, and and then they just yeah. put the graphics underneath. They put the it graphics too. underneath. No, that's what, how they would do it because it's you can't really then move his fingers and stuff, you know. So and you can't have that in front of him for real. So it's like. He has to act with nothing, and then, and then they put it in. Yeah, it has to be. I want, I wonder if he did any like little sort of screwy moves that to cut. There's so, some great well, stuff. If Keanu wants to call up, yeah. and we'll interview him. We'll talk to him about this movie. Totally. And only this movie because he he hasn't done anything of any significance since or before. So. <laughs> He's just got the Matrix Four coming soon. The Matrix Four. The fourth. The fourth installment. Um. So you mentioned before that you were disturbed by the scene of him deciding which family members to keep and not to keep, and it really maybe pulled on your heartstrings a little bit too much. And I agree, it did as well as a father. It's like that's perspective, right? As you get older, you're gonna you're gonna get a bit of perspective in movies. Whereas you said you're a twenty year old, you're, when you're a twenty year old and you don't have children or a wife or whatever, you understand like a man hunting down someone that's taken his wife away. But you don't quite get it until you've had a wife or a child and stuff like that. Um, he wants would, to pay the guy. He wanted, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, yeah. Take him, take him. <laughs> life, life insurance is just massive. Yeah, that's great. Um, would you clone your family? Oh, I, who says I haven't already? Well, I don't know. I'm asking. I because I'm be trying to get to the truth here. Sorry. Your family all seems very nice and lovely. Uh, Something is wrong. Well, the... The biggest problem was, and one of the reasons why it made me uncomfortable with this scene was because I already had an answer. I've already got an answer. I knew exactly what he had to have done. No random chance at all involved. Bye-bye, mum. Save the kids. Yeah. Simply because you save the mum but not one of the kids. How the heck do you tell your mum? That, that, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> the little girl. Yeah, she's not with us anymore. <laughs> I chose to, to not Well, he decided to do that, like, didn't he? And you're like, you you can't do that. But yeah. if it was, because it would have been so much easier. Don't bring back Mona. Okay, sad. Yeah, sure. Not happy. You got the kids. Kids are, are um, so much more, I, don't know, I guess, representative Flexible of, of well. hope and life. Get Bring the kids back. Tell them they're in a car accident. Come out of a coma. Uh, they all know, they all knew, remember mum died and... You've, you're going to have to go through grief counseling. It's going to be terrible, but it's something that happens to families, you know. Like, yeah. And people do get over it, and and you know, I don't want to get over it, but you know, they they cope with it and, and move they, through it. They move forward and they grow and they and they and they change. But choosing someone randomly not to bring back and then trying to delete it and cover it up—that's what made me really uncomfortable. Was that I just knew that's that's going to cause problems. Yeah. Turns out by the end of the film, he just brings back the other girl as well, which is kind of cool. But in you know, in the first instance, that that would that was that's what I do. So I already, I already know if I claim. And it's funny because when I was explaining the situation to my wife, I said, "Oh, it was, it was kind of unpleasant because he had to just choose one person not to bring back." She immediately said, "Oh, the mother." 
And I said, oh? He said, oh, yeah, well, I, she said, I wouldn't want to come back and find out you'd not raised my kids. <laughs> and I said, that, that's who I would have chosen as well. You'd be dead. And, you know, vice versa as well. If, if she had to choose, you know, I'd say, well, look, you know, I've had a good life. <laughs> uh, I, and again, I wouldn't want to be alive knowing that I've basically taken the place of one of my kids yeah. who could have had such an amazing future. Yeah, my future is bleak nights sitting here doing recordings of space brains. <laughs> oh, fine. Tell me how you really think it is. Okay, I'm, not, I'm glad I've sent the clone around tonight. <laughs> I'm not cloning you tonight. You know, <laughs> when you die, I mean, if you... Anyway. So, um, to talk about me, how, how did it make you feel? Well, disturbed. I was a bit disturbed by this movie and I liked that because quite often we've been watching a lot of these science fiction films and... You know, they have had, we've looked at some like Interstellar that makes you think about, you know, like a father and a daughter and losing time and things like that. But this was like a psychological science fiction. And I guess we did look at Tau, which was the home with the robot and what that sort of questions how we kind of communicate and all that. But I felt that this film was, uh, yeah, a good mystery thriller it almost could have not had the science fiction element and it would be like the hand that rocks the cradle you know like it'd just be a thriller film in a way um so it's good that it had the science fiction element of course and they really i've really felt that the science in this film was heavy so it'll be interesting when we come back to talk about the science with you later but it, it was the thriller part that kind of kept me going and like you it made me think about being a father and what I would do in that situation. And also, yeah, like how would you decide on family members to keep and which ones not to keep? And would you even do that in the first place? Even if, you know, if you had the ability to do that. Um, So it goes back to that real primal question of like, as a father, what would you do to kind of keep your kids around or your family. Like you were just saying, like you'd rather your kids live than you lived if, if that was the choice, you know? And so it's a, it's this film brings up that real creepiness of that. I think that really disturbed, disturbed side of that. And that, again, goes back to why it's just a pure experiment. Yeah, and I think that it had to be that random choice of a child. And you knew it was going to be Zoe as well yeah. because of all of the... Love you, Daddy, from Zoe, <laughs> unicorns. Yeah, and the, yeah. And little cute little scribblings on the tables. Yeah. Well, it automatically made it harder for him to forget about her, didn't it? Because she's yeah. sort of more present everywhere. But, but even those little things, I mean, you've gotten them. I get them all the time. They bring them home from school, these little love notes and... My little... Mouse little pads and... <laughs> mouse pad from Father's Day 2017. Yeah, you know? So you're like, oh, shit. You, you'd wipe your house full of all the memories of... Your kid, and then all of a sudden the mouse pad is from your kid, you know. So it's like, and that that was the dilemma. That's where I was thinking straight away. They go, you get rid of a kid. Like, even if you, we saw that great scene where he deletes all the memory. It's like, yeah, but the littlest thing could be associated with a kid, Mm. couldn't it? It's just the littlest thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like the obvious things, like photos on the wall, and uh, but then you've got gaps in the photos. Like you're walking by, you're going. Why is there a lot of hinges there with a lot of gaps? But but even beyond that, there's little things like maybe they eat breakfast a particular way, you know, or maybe they always pick the, they yell at you about the spoon not being warm or cold or whatever. And so it's like you could delete all the other memories, but then it'd be like, 
there's something not right about this context, is there? Like normally, who sits in that chair? You know, like you would have that feeling as a human. I think. Uh, things like, for example, setting up lunches for my kids. Yeah. I cut one apple into quarters, and they each get two quarters because that fits neatly in this yeah, little yeah so suddenly if there was only one kid little lunchbox hell? compartment it yeah. fits two quarters of an apple and so if there's one I'd, I'd get put in and I'd be thinking I don't what do I normally do with the two leftovers do, I, do I don't I normally throw it away I don't do it like yeah, yeah. you'd go because you wouldn't remember that having a kid but you kind of go it's just that's really weird I don't yeah. know what I would do with these things yes well yeah. it's funny when she said I don't remember what I ate for dinner last night like yeah. I don't either don't worry it's, <laughs> it's not uncommon yeah so, yeah, the film made me feel a bit... Yeah, I seriously can't remember what I had for dinner. Who knows? No one cares. It, it wasn't important. It also reminded me a bit of the science fiction film Splice, which is 2009, mm-hmm. and it's about a couple of little expert German scientists. I think by memory they're German. Are they little? And they in grow... Or... Yeah, I just call everything. Okay. They're cute little scientists. They're a couple, and they grow like a clone creature thing in their lab at home and it grows rapidly and it's like it, it kind of rem- it had because that film is has that moral has those moral questions to it because they have a couple that can't have kids and so they grow this creature you a know? monster yeah it ends up being a bit of a monster and um but i won't ruin what happens in that film but it's like uh it, it this had that feeling of that same film Mm. Yeah, and that is a good science fiction film, actually. Go check that out. Splice. Never heard of it. Yeah. I have now. So was what, this the first time you've watched this film? Th- th- it was the first time I've watched this film. And that, what was that experience I, like? I don't think I even knew that this film existed. <laughs> Which It's funny because Keanu Reeves is, is a reasonably... He's a, he's a funny actor, isn't he? Because like, yeah, he's in a lot of movies. He is well known because you know, obviously, The Matrix. Yeah. But then also, uh, you got to think that John Wick did surprisingly well. Yeah. Not Math. my cup of tea, but everyone loves John Wick. Yeah, they love John. Except Wick. me, I thought it was good, but yeah, yeah, could could take it or leave it. And I guess he's been in a couple other films. Or I, I Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted's. I love Bill and Ted's. <laughs> Back in the day, that was probably technically great. science fiction, right? Cause well, the, the next third one's out. Yeah, yeah it's well, about to come out anyway. No, it's out. It's been out. I think it's already out. But yeah, but as a result, though, he's he's this sort of actor that you don't hear. It's not like they announce Jung, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it's not like Tom Cruise, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, or like not so much Arnie these days. But uh, who, who is it? Who are the big names these days? Jesus, Chris, someone or other, and. Yeah, I think I'm probably a bit out of the loop. Yeah, well, the guy from Jurassic Park. There are at least two Chris Chris's. Pratt. Chris Pratt. And the Marvel oh, guys. three Chris's. No, it's Hemsworth, Hemsworth. Hemsworth and Evans. Yeah. Three of them. Jeez, yeah. how many Chris's do we need? Yeah, too many. One, many? Of, them, one of them should change their name. How many Chris's can be in front of camera at once? They should have a movie with all three of them. The three Chris's? Yes, with the, the Chris's. It could be a Christmas movie. <laughs> Chris for Christmas. Chris for Christmas. There's a Chris for everyone. There is. That, that would be awesome. You know, we could copyright space. <laughs> yes, copyright. Okay, so, yeah. that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there is going to hear this and go, "Hang yeah. on a minute, let's make if, that happen." Uh, if if Chris Hem- Hemsworth, uh, he's Australian. He's if Australian. he wants to get in touch with us, you know, let we me can know. make that happen. We'll make it happen. So, so what about the overall narrative structure of this film? Well, it's, what yeah, it's 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 straightforward in that we have the car crash we have the scientists we have the car crash 
He bring, you know, he clones them. He replicates their memories. He implants them. We get to the midpoint. Then they're then they're awake. Uh, so it's a very just chronological. There's no sort of flashbacks. There's no kind of going over old material. There's no sort of distortion of time or anything like that. So it's just a very chronological, straightforward narrative. Yeah, I, and it has it has the midpoint where everything's happy. Had the establishing sort of yeah, what's well, the situation? I suppose if you look at the Blake Schneider, it's a false victory because they're the clones are awake and they have that breakfast scene where they all eat and they're all like stuff in their faces and Mona, the wife, goes for a run and so it's all like oh, and he cooks you know like he cooks the the daughter says oh, what about French toast and what about you know and he like keeps that cooking for my breakfast yeah. if you let them at it they'll go <laughs> yeah, if we you have just... waffles yeah sure. Oh, and pancakes. And, I want pancakes. And eggs, and eggs. You want like, kids? No, no, we're just doing one dish here, people. Not, I'm like, rice bubbles, bang. It's not a restaurant. <laughs> but yeah, like there's that, there's that midpoint, but it's probably a bit of a false victory because everything seems okay, but it's not sort of okay. Yeah, it's, and it, it goes down a bit from there and then yeah. we're ramping up of tension. And, and the, the ending nicely mirrors the opening, but... So there's some roles have been switched. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of kind of interesting. It's kind of an interesting little ending, I thought. The Just, the ending itself, the fact that he is a replica, I suppose, or like a cloned robot doing the procedure. That that's kind of the really interesting point, isn't it? Like because he's transferred his scientific, brilliant brain into that robot. And then they can go off and kind of like clone people and give really rich people a second life. It's like, yeah, that that to me is intriguing. That could almost then go to another idea, isn't it? That could be another film. Yeah, that, that it does definitely move into some sort of a, an idea. Of... Like not necessarily a sequel styled film, but just that idea of like a robot that has come from a person pr- repeating the procedure that created them. What's that, that movie, Multiplicity? <laughs> yeah, Multiplicity. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so the robot goes, oh, I'm a bit tired of this. I want to retire to Puerto Rico. <laughs> no, I'll, yeah, I'll just make a, a, in, put my brain into another one of these robots. <laughs> yeah, and that and one goes, send a, send that one no, up. I'm going to Puerto Rico. You've got to yeah. remember, I had that thought just before you created me. Yes. <laughs> However that works out. So I'm still also wanting, you should have done this a few weeks ago when yeah. you were all motivated. Yeah. <laughs> no, I should have, damn it. <laughs> okay. But you don't think of that, do you? All right, we need to do multiplicity. Multi- multiplicity, the Chris's. <laughs> Chris for Christmas, multiplicity style. It, but no, that's Michael Keaton, isn't it? It what is Michael mean? Keaton, but I'm saying this is our new movie concept. Oh, okay. The multiplicity of Chris's. Oh, I see. For Christmas. <laughs> so are you up to anything science fiction related yourself, apart from the Chris's at Christmas? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to say the Chris's for Christmas. That's uh, that's the movie we're working on from now on. That's the current one. I'm, that's I'm our new project. Chris for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Hemsworth. Get Hemsworth on the line, people. Get, hey, you hear me? Get him on the line. We've got an idea. Let's pitch it to him right now on the phone, live while we're doing Space Brains. Chris, we've got an idea. You're not going to say no to this. <laughs> the three Chris's for Christmas. Yeah, the, yes. Well, it'll be the Chris of Christmas past, Chris of Christmas future, oh, Chris right. of Christmas oh, present. That's just, writes itself, doesn't it? That's you. You, can't, you can't come up with any better than that. Okay, well, so and there'll I, be time travel instead of ghost past, present, 
idea. No, no. Uh, I've, we'll I'm make not, it time travel. To keep I'm not doing any more sci-fi stuff. I'm, I'm just, I've got the last, I'm writing the last paragraph of my Hansel Gretel story. Oh, yeah. So that'll be up on the, I assume I'm going to get up on the website soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do like a bit of a, an audio recording of it. So that'll go up yeah, onto right. a podcast somewhere. Yeah. Um, awesome. And that's that's almost enough. I've just got to get the, the doing the last little bit, which is a, what do you call it? A reprise of the whole story. So there's okay. this scene with this guy's being dragged down a staircase, but he's trying to go up and it's, it's sort of mimicking the, the flow of the story. Right. Uh, and then he either fails or succeeds based on what he learnt or didn't learn Excellent. in the story, if you like. Yeah, so yeah. that's me trying to be autistic. Sounds good. Hint, he gets eaten. <laughs> but hey, that's a spoiler. In a good way or a bad way, you've got to find out. Oh, you've got to read ahead. Yes, and how about yourself? Anything uh, sci-fi, movie-related? Uh, no, just except for there's a lot of development stuff. As I said last time, not doing the doco thing, I've decided to put that to bed. So I'm just kind of like returning to my short films. I, I really do also want Space Brains to go ahead and kind of become, or, you know, so not become, but uh, get invested in a film festival. So you and I are talking about some details of that. Uh, I also want to create a bit of a Mandra film group as well so that's another thing that i'm doing with another guy that we're going to kind of talk about and kind of try to get off the ground um so yeah there's just kind of those sort of things and then just planning for projects for next year really yeah and, yeah and next year is always here isn't it it but, is it is yeah we've but got just, to look just, at again with a short film just kind of or you know going into production of a short film just thinking maybe like february 2021 so yeah, you got to kind of get your skates on, start start moving that along now, really. So, yeah, I've mentioned that um, I've got a science fiction time travel script, so it's either going to be that one or I've kind of got another, I don't know if it's science fiction or more fantasy, but I've got kind of like a little short weird film that I might do as well that's a bit of a fantasy idea. I'm not sure if it, yeah, fits under science fiction. But, yeah, so there's just those sort of things bubbling along. Feel like I'm in the the really wanky. You could put this in a really wanky analogy that people talk about, like a farmer planting the seeds of their creative ideas. And I'm like, so like, there's lots of seeds that are being planted now that then won't be ready to harvest next year. Yes, I do know those. <laughs> One of those analogies. I've, I've got I've got that cracking along myself a fair yeah. bit there. I just too many things going on the. Yeah, I, One time. I, yeah, I don't really feel like I've got too many... Uh, my voice... But no, I'm, really, <laughs> I'm just totally lying right now and bullshitting. Uh, but yeah, no, I just... Uh, they're just... It's just more like... I feel like I've been setting myself up, setting myself up I suppose, to then... Boom! Then it happens, you know? So, well, yes. Yeah. You, you, you've got to get your skates on if you want to skate. You do? That's that's the analogy. That's a good analogy. I like that. I like okay, that. well, let's get our skates on and get into the overview of this plot, cast, crew, awards, and or facts. Yeah, Fol- do, you, do you have anything weird about this film that you Real Googled? facts or otherwise. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't look at facts. Don't look at facts. Facts are for people who want to know things. So Keanu Reeves is the main 
actor in this film who plays the protagonist of William, or they call him Bill. I liked that. I like that he's Bill. He calls himself William, though. He calls himself but everyone else calls him Bill. It's like, no, fuck you, you're Bill. Billy! I'd be sitting back at my desk, up, you know, my feet up on my desk going, Billy! <laughs> Where you been? <laughs> it's like, oh, who gave him that job? It's Puerto Rico! I'm here! <laughs> I know nothing about brain transfers, but I'm here. Someone's paying me. And what, is there a fact about Keanu or just that he's the main character? Is that? That's my fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will say, I will say, I, I knew that one too. Yeah. My connection with uh, him is that The Matrix is probably my favourite science fiction film of all time, and so I get a bit excited seeing him in a science fiction film. And he's done a few. He's done a few different ones, and so it's. So when we suggested to watch this, I, again, I hadn't really heard anything. I hadn't seen anything. You know, when in cold watching, I'm like, well, yeah, but it's him. And it's, you know, the, tra- the, the sorry, the picture looks like him and a robot. So it's like, that's oh, got something to do with robots. But really it doesn't. It's, it's all about cloning. It's all about, yeah, replicating a human consciousness into another uh, version and then how that plays out. It's more of a thriller about it, isn't it? You know, it's a moral question about whether we should clone people and the repercussions. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't go much, because they had the robot, that was the opening scene. Yeah. So, the, well, the opening scene is a helicopter flying in over the water, yep. very Jurassic Park style. It, it even is. said Puerto Rico and some Puerto island Rico. name, a little yeah. island. Maybe it doesn't exist, you know. It wasn't Isla... Was it, is, uh, what's the one in Jurassic Park? If you've ever watched Jurassic Park, let me know what it is. Isla... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head now. I can't... You can't... You can't too late at night. Too late. Too late. So it flies in. Research lab. Bling. We flick inside. And there's... Reeves. Bio-9. Bio-9. NYN. Like... like was well, the Terminator was Cyberdyne. Yeah, Cyberdyne. And I'm pretty sure I've seen the YNE ending. I'm not sure what the significance of that is in... Science fiction, but there's a really great shot, isn't it? Like you got the Bionine, they write up Bionine Industries as a as a text, but it's like that. So that helicopter is like coming into land, and we've got this kind of building mm. in palm trees. Like it's like I love that. Like it's so it's so abstract from reality. I think, but so many movies do that, don't they? <laughs> Big Hollywood movies where it's like, yeah, we're out in the desert, and there's a big, huge medical facility, you know, oh. and the choppers come in and land, and you know. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of always like a cool thing. And I, I suppose that's the idea is it's like taking scientists and putting them out somewhere really abstract. I mean, does this really happen? Are these, are these industries out in Puerto Rico? And I, I have a feeling there are quite a few biomedical ones because yeah. it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Like, I mean, it's expensive. You the pay lab, a lot to bill, right? The lab equipment and you do have an expensive crew, yeah. like team of top doctors, scientists and yeah. they're doing stuff. So you want... Cheap grounds because yeah. they need big facilities. Big facilities. They need cheap power. They need and then like cleaning and all the you cleaning, know, all, all the, the normal it. stuff, cooking. All that's really cheap. Then, you go it? and do that in San Francisco. And yeah, look, you got to be like you know um, Steve Jobs. Mac you got to be something. Apple. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. So anyway, we're out there and um, we have this idea of voiceover that the donor is outside, and so Reeves gets a bit excited by this, and he he sort of like checks with. The people rushing around. They all start rushing around. All the scientists, like yeah, ants, like, 
you know, doing like the emergency jobs. room at a hospital. Yeah, they get it ready, and uh, the idea is that yeah, Reeves he checks. So it's a bit of a save the cat, I suppose, in a way that he's kind of like, oh no, has everything been signed off? Is everything okay? Can we use this donor? And you know, he, it's affirmed that that's fine. We then see the donor come in. It's a you know, because you think, well, is it is it a lung? You know, is it a is it a liver? Yeah, because it's it, you know, like, it's, like a big briefcase. Yeah, it's like a massive briefcase. But no, they open it up and it it's could actually have been a, a whole a keyboard. You know, to play synthesizer. <laughs> on. Um, but no, it's a it's a dead human body, and it's like a so, it looks like a bit of a soldier, and it looks like he's been freaking beaten the crap out of. Yeah, and shot recently. <laughs> yeah, bashed. like. Like there's all sorts. Of, it's it's like someone tried to stick him back together as well. Like which I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, but maybe it's a Puerto Rican military thing going on. Um, it it did feel like that, you know, like in Predator. Like you know, Predator, we have oh, the soldiers are crossing the line. It's all a bit of you know, then these ones are being stripped up. Uh, we never really got told where they're coming from. Where they're no. coming from an active conflict. It could be an industrial accident. Yeah, we more, don't. More Australian soldiers these days die from industrial accidents than from conflict. Yeah. Bit of a, um, that's good though, I guess. It's like more people die from falling off a ladder than having like a heart attack. So it's like in Australia, so it's like people have accidents off ladders a lot. Maybe this guy was <laughs> up a ladder. <laughs> he just fell off a ladder. Fell off a ladder. And they couldn't save him, so he died. And we get told that it was well, the, the irony being they put the, uh, the the the, the uh, form he has to sign to. <laughs> to set being a donor at the top of the ladder. And so yeah. gets up there, he signs, and then. The, I thought you were going to say, it's like, as he's dying, can you sign this form? <laughs> okay, now his body's good for your, your so science experiment. They, they whack a headpiece on him. Yeah. And it sticks a needle in the eye because yep. we love that. that we, oh. It always, things in the eyeball makes a lot of people squeamish. It doesn't really bother me all that much, but a lot of people do it and, and they love having close-ups of it happen. I liked how it, it kind of like... It's scanned, and you're kind of thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to, like, get the middle of the pupil and then just go right into the middle of the pupil. But it's scanned past that, which surprised me because I'm sure I've seen other films where it's like, goes into the pupil. It scans it, it goes right to the corner bit, doesn't it, in the middle, and then just this big jabbing needle. The lacrimal gland, yeah. yeah. So it, it sticks in there and, and it starts scanning, and you get all those graphics of downloading. And then you take this... Um, Neurotransference, and we this is where we get uh, the the head bit goes on, and and the and the whole digital symphony as we, mm. we talked about. And is- I will just say it's funny because the robot is a bit crude looking, right? And everything else, yeah, it's a modern, sophisticated, well funded medical lab. But at that point, up until that point, I don't think it had given us any impression of anything sort of futuristic or anything like pushing the science realms. Mm-hmm. Yet then he, and he even, even he puts that thing on his head, it's almost just like a, an old fashioned um, safety goggle, you know, mask thing that you put down in front of your face. He's got the, you know, he's getting the gloves on. It kind of feels, everything feels a bit crude, I felt. I felt yeah, like everything felt a bit mechanical and crude and very you know now in the world and yet then all of a sudden he like blasts open with his hands this enormous size digital scan of the brain yeah and, and he and he can dig really deep into things and he's doing all sorts of things and to me it was just suddenly it was a beautiful scene it goes on for a couple of minutes where he's like taking bits out and he's taking, you know, like he's rectifying things. He's like pulling computer code in as well. Like he's doing a lot of things. 
And to me, it just felt like, wow, this guy's in his zone. This guy, this is his expert. Yeah, and I, I really liked that moment. And finally, I say the transfer is complete. Yep. He takes Energized his little robot. Little goggles <laughs> off, energizes the robot, and it starts twitching and it moves a Shaky. hand. And it looks, and everyone's getting a bit exciting. Yep. Exciting. A bit excited. Excited. Uh, and then. Uh, and then, then the robot says, who am I? Which is odd because you would have expected, where am I? If, if you've woken up suddenly, where am I? Yeah. Like, who yeah, am I? Am. And then he's, he keeps saying, you know, Sergeant, hey, Sergeant. Which I thought was funny. was like, use his name. Yeah. He's saying, who am I? He says, hey, Sergeant, calm down. Yeah. Sergeant, oh, my name is not like, like, yeah, I just, I kept wanting to say, just say his damn name. Explain <laughs> to him what's happened. But instead, you know, you've had a transference to a synthetic body. Yeah. The hell, man. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, so anyway, he, he goes mental. Yeah. Um, rips his, rips, starts ripping his face off. Rips part of his face off, pulls a bit of his chest off, and they pull the plug, and he powers down. Yeah. It then goes to he he uh, Bill has a moment with his boss Jones, and Jones is saying, "Well, shareholders need results. Uh, you know, who would have thought that they want money in return for?" putting money into this project. And if they don't get results, everything's going to be pulled. So it's a great classic like time wrench, isn't it? It makes you wonder how long they've been going for because if I saw that as an investor, I'd go, holy crap, you are doing the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) It said, who am I? Yeah. My God, you know, like... Well, he says that, doesn't he? He he talked and talked and and that's that's the thing. Jones says, I would have been interested in that six months ago, but I'm not interested in that anymore. So So, it's it's almost like, yeah, okay, you've had success this time, which we saw was not success because it just failed, but it's like, we're not, we can't keep going. Well, I wonder if it's looking a bit further into the movie there where at the end we find it's not a biomedical because that research, even the, okay, well, we can't fund this any further... But we have a body of research that we could sell yeah. for billions of dollars. Yeah. Like not small money. But clearly, because they're not actually a biomedical research facility, they're a, a, going to assume a government funded. Government funded, yeah. And if they're government funded, then they're not going to be selling that. Like if they if they run out of money because you know, funding stops sooner yeah, or later. Yeah, funding just stops. Yeah, the government jumps. Then that's it. It's done. It's done. Anyway, so he goes back home. Yeah, and he's got, a, he's got a lovely wife and he's got a couple of kids and his wife is a doctor. Doctor. Um, and he's got kind of like a teenage daughter, kind of a little bit of a you know, prepubescent son and then a little, little oh, girl, Zoe. little Zoe. Little Zoe, She's yeah. drawing unicorns and being terribly dimple-smiled. Yeah. I don't know why we're like... I mean, if that was my house, I mean, I and my wife would be like, don't, don't draw on the bloody kitchen bench. What are you doing? But then again, <laughs> yeah, I get a feeling Mr. Neuroscience and Doctor, they, they probably have considerably more cash flow. And so... I think they the, do. The and concept also, of replacing a table or getting a cleaner in or something yeah. is, is But I think easier. also like maybe... He, I get the impression he's so invested in his work as well that then he might come home and it's like, well, he's only home for an hour or so, you know, and he's off again for work. And so there's a payoff, isn't it? It's like, oh, she can draw. <laughs> yes, and, and they've mentioned foster family. I'm not 100% sure the point of the foster family. No. Except maybe the fact then that they're all 
clones isn't quite so strange yeah. later on. But I'm not, I'm not too sure. Yeah, but, but his wife, being a doctor, does question his work and the validity uh, of it. So we've got a good to like Ed says it ripped of, itself apart. Yeah. And yeah, she's like, you yeah, know, that doesn't sound. The sound something sounds a bit wrong there if this yeah. thing is ripping itself apart. Yeah, she she because she's she's saying that like, is it ethical that you know you transfer someone's consciousness after they're dead, and then this is the result that they're sort of like basically it's a bit of a hell on earth. Yeah, and he he relates it to the heart heart, heart, heart transplant that the that the first person ever had that had twenty one days of pain. And died. Um, and died. And so it's like, is that ethical, you know? So it's a nice sort of like ethical question. It, it is good. And, and you've always got to ask that question. How far can research means be justified by the end? Yeah. Because I mean, to me, to me straight away, I mean, this isn't coming from even looking at other films, but it's like you, you transfer human clones the same but at this point in the film you're talking about transferring someone someone's brain into into a machine like sure then they get to live again and stuff but like you know is it going to be successful like the human brain is compl- is really complicated you know yeah, like what, what are you going to miss out on yeah and, and what, that's where a lot of the the horror movie trope comes yeah, from. yeah it does yeah you miss out on them and it's particularly when you're talking about robotic components, yeah. you don't have uh, you don't have any of the hormones or don't have the hormones bits and pieces going yeah. on there. To, you to can't, empathy. Can that then fall in love or continue love? And yeah, so it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? You know, in that way. Anyway, so then the foster family are sort of rushing around, getting ready. They're going to go on a holiday on a boat, so they're getting ready. Uh, they sort of take off as the weather sets in, and and as they're driving along. The weather's kind of getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's a tropical downpour. And he makes a, the quip, you know, if you don't like the weather, you just wait five minutes. Yeah. Which is kind of like Melbourne where I, <laughs> I live for a little while. And maybe that maybe he should have waited five minutes because uh, the next the, thing you know... With that level of rain coming out. A tree branch crashes through the front windscreen and just stabs Mona oh. right through the guts, doesn't she it? She lives Jeez. up to her name and just goes, oh... Uh. <laughs> And and then of course they they run off the road yeah. into the ditch, into the ditch <laughs> down into the water smash smash God, and, God, God, and blacks out. He and blacks out. In fact, this film really only covers off uh, Bill's point of view. Yeah. I think this whole. Yeah. Do we ever sort of see just just Jones talking or just Ed? No, I don't think so. Not really, it really no. is just yeah. Um, a couple of little flashes of Mona later on, but really, yeah, and he blacks out. So the camera yeah. sort of fades to black and then it comes back up and he's in a car. He's just got a bit of air for himself and he's searching around yeah, for everyone. there's water. He's in the water. The next thing, he's he's pulling up the, the last body lane, little baby Zoe down yeah. next to this this tragedy of this you know, dead family, which is really awful to watch. Yeah. Again, as a 20-year-old, we kind of go, yeah, get onto the cloning bit. Yeah. <laughs> Where's, when, when do they start shooting? Yeah, I get it. His wife and kids are dead. Move on. Yeah, yeah, tragic. Next, next bit. <laughs> tragic. Yeah, so uh, you've got that you know, scene. Yeah, that's dead, tough but, for him. And he... Um, Clone them. <laughs> and then he's, he has a bit of a moment there, but then he, he, he runs out and waves down car, which yeah. turned out to be Ed, his yeah. buddy, cousin. No, just buddy. Foster yeah. family cousin, I think. They, so I think he's nominated as a foster cousin. Ah, okay. Which is... So I wasn't sure if he was genuinely 
Yeah, I think he was just like a brother, as yeah. it were, to Bill. But yeah, and they pull out the equipment, and you know, we quickly see that they've got the little brain scanner, and you yeah. know where that's going. It's yeah, is is going on on that, and then he he says, "Well, you got to get rid of the bodies." Yeah, that's rough. That Being rough. asked to get, he's like scanning their brains that's one thing i've done that a lot of dead things but now you want me to dispose of your family yes so that so they do so he he does and there's kind of these couple of scenes that we were talking about earlier that um you know like it, it's very morally questioning isn't it there's a few scenes here it's like he bill just kind of keeps pushing the boundaries and ed kind of keeps pulling them back i think that's what i found like in these scenes so the whole thing is kind of well, yeah, we should take their minds. And it's like, no, you can't do that. Like, what are you, you know, like, that's not, well, if we just save their minds now, then we can do something later. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, so replicate their and brains. And that makes sense. I could imagine and, and agreeing can, to that. Because yeah, you're you, going, yes, yeah. if we don't do it now, we're never going to do we it. We can't do it. Like, they, they get, they get it's too like, dead. You know, and then it's like, you've got to get rid of their bodies because I'm going to, I am going to replicate them and I can't, it'll be, it's like, oh, okay, you're going to get rid of bodies? I Okay, well, that's maybe going a bit too far. It is Puerto Rico. Yeah. Maybe it's easier there. Yeah. Than and you know, you are a medical them. facility that deals with dead bodies, so maybe you could just, you know, maybe there's an incinerator that gets, you know, like turns things that full ashes. And, you know, and once you finish stuffing Stephanie in the incinerator, you can <laughs> put the family. What's another couple of you know kids and stuff? And then and then it's like, okay, now we're going to clone them. It's like, oh, okay. And then oh, you don't have enough cloning machines. You've got to pick yeah. which one. You know? It turns out with three. Three cloning vats and yeah, there's there's problems with cloning. If you get the levels, oh, we don't do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so they they got three, and this is that uh, heartbreaking moment where he, he picks it. And this is what got me. He put Mona aside. Says, "I'm definitely going to clone her. I'm, I'm keeping her. I'm keeping her." Because <laughs> this is exactly where I went. No, like I thought. Oh, is he put her aside? And then he just but well, that hang on, that's not really much of a decision now. So I knew he wasn't going to. I think that's what really upset me the most. Yeah, but to I, me, the clear decision was. Sorry, Mona. You know, like, but I'm sure you want me to save the kids. Like, yeah, if that's the I choice. Guess, that's what we're gonna do. I guess the opposite argument of that is like, oh, the kids need their mum, and then, yeah, like, like sorry, they're foster kids. Yeah, they get another mum. <laughs> but you could argue that the kids need their mum, and realistically, it's a little bit more. That's what they used to do in the old days. The kids would come second, mm. whereas we are now in a generation that the kids come first. Well, that's, that's because it was just like, well, you just have more kids. Yeah, you just have more kids. But the mortality rate of children was much higher. That's right. But then he could have he could have that same rationale now as well, couldn't he? We'll just well, have another kid. If they're foster children, they could just, yeah, foster another kid. <laughs> what happened to the last foster kid? But are they foster well, kids or just their last name foster? I think the last name is just foster, right? Was it? Yeah. I thought they were foster kids. No. Oh, the, the, the foster I think family. It's Bill Foster, like the foster family. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Mind boggling. Sorry, mind boggling. Okay, because I was curious as like to know why they were like why they introduced this idea of the Ming Foster. I think they're just like the foster, foster family. Foster family. Ah, uh, like you know your family, your family, the Hughes family, Hughes, uh, John Hughes. Okay, well, well, okay, suddenly that just answers a bunch of questions I had about this movie. Oh, straight up. So, stop, stop, stop the press. So, you know, this is that scene where he takes Mona out and then makes, yeah, has to cheek. And, and we knew Zoe was going to be chosen because she was the little cutie who did the unicorns and was so sweet. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the other two kids are sort of a bit grotty because they're. I would have probably picked up. Zoe and then. Yeah, probably the teenage girl. She's a, she's a the teenagers didn't really seem to like you, Bill. Yeah, so, you know, come on. Yeah, no worries.
And uh, anyway, Edward, um, he brings the cloning pods, but yeah, as you just said, he's only got three. And he also lets them know that we need a generator so the pods, the pods can't lose power. And in 17 days, they will be ready. So then Bill goes off. It's kind of a good moment there. He's got the wrench like in Edward's face. Like, yeah, it's almost like, like, a... like you're smack him in the head sort of thing. And he goes off and the next thing you know, he's got all these like car batteries lined up. It's like, oh, yeah, so that'll work. I'll <laughs> do it. Um, and uh, there's a great montage here where he, because Edward says, well, if you're not like going to bring back Zoe, how, what, you know, how, what do you do about it? And Bill says, well, he can delete memories. And there's this there's this long montage where he he does like he he creates a he says he can create a blur and uh, and sort of delete the memories mm. you know and get rid of them like what you might think oh is it did we have another daughter is actually like as a human you'll feel like oh yeah it feels like there was someone else here but you know like obviously I'm, not obviously not like I must be mistaken so there's kind of about that and he does he deletes. Zoe out of the memory. And what I like in this scene is that when they go through it, he's got the brain and he's deleting it. And there's a really cool kind of effect they use with the music, that the music goes from that really upbeat uh, orchestral sound that shows him as this amazing scientist. And it starts like that, but then it kind of goes a little bit off kilter. So it's like the music goes from happy, upbeat, masterpiece to and you get you know, the, like, the little sounds of a child laughing and yeah it's it being deleted delete, and being distorted you know the sound gets distorted and i really like that stood out to me i really like that um he's awoken by the police and they're asking about the car batteries um and he says well i'm not a victim and kind of is like oh you know the police might be on to us um but we don't see the police again <laughs> funny enough Puerto Rico. <laughs> Police only come knocking once. Don't yeah. worry, all good now. Well, yeah, just give them some money. Well, I mean, to, look, to I'll... be fair, why the hell would this rich scientist in the really wealthy multi-billion-dollar yeah. research lab nick car batteries? It's far more likely to be some sort of you know cocaine yeah. lab, yeah, stealing batteries. You know, it would, it would. And, and he's, he's a white man that said he didn't do it. All right, so move on, rich man, white I, rich I man. Believe. I believe. I believe. Um, so anyway, the boss or, is... or maybe the police didn't want to know what the answer was. Yeah. Yes, I stole them. Why? Well, that means we have to do uh, that. Click, click, boom, boom. You know, like, yeah. it's just, it's, that's not a mystery I want to go to. No. If it was a poor guy stealing the batteries, well, okay, he's probably going to recycle a lead and zinc or he's selling them to run street lights or something like that. Yeah. The really rich guy who could just go and buy Bison. car batteries, he's doing something really... Really he's dodgy. he's running a cocaine lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not question too tight. Or cloning bodies. Look, I'm sorry, Puerto Rico. I, I could be, you know, overgeneralizing here, but Cuba is pretty close by. And, uh, Colombia is, you know, close by. And, They're all close. Um, it's, it's the whole the whole lot there is all pretty close by. And, and there's I, there is undeniably a lot of cocaine that goes through that area. So Definitely. So, because last time I talked about Puerto Rico, I got a lot of uh, hate mail <laughs> from the Puerto Ricans. The Puerto yeah, Rican they ambassador sent it to you and not me. demanded an apology. So the boss Jones then lets them know that the board is shutting them down unless they can get the three, four, five robot, which was at the start working by the end of the quarter. Um, and 
everyone then at work, it's a, it's a good sort of up in the stakes, isn't it? So he's, he's decided to do this clone. He's got to watch him 24-7. He's got to kind of grow his family and then work kind of pulls him back in that, well, if you don't achieve this milestone, the whole thing's gone. And then everyone at work seemed to want a bit of peace of him, didn't they? You know, or, or not only Jones, but the others wanted it as well. Um, and when he's, while he's at work, he sees that note, that little cute dinosaur from Zoe. So he brings that home from work because that, that's the whole thing. They're like, you delete, you delete a kid. It's one thing to, you know, I was, this is what this film I think here was bringing up. It's like, well, you might be able to delete it from the wife and the kid, but what about other people? Yeah. And like, yourself. Yeah, but 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 even just like the police, or like, didn't you have a third child? Yeah, like, you no, can't just like, how do you just get rid of a child? That would be a murder. A then, family right? friend or, or relative, you know, yeah. mum, mother-in-law. Hey, how's Zoe? Yeah, who? Is and that, that there's perfect timing here because as he comes home from that, we have this um, female maths teacher of his son, and she questions him, and 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 it's like, oh, okay, and then. Edward, who was at the house, is saying, oh, I, I told them that they went to the grandparents. So he, he says, they don't have grandparents, you know? Like, it's like, so you can see at that point, like, that's the thing, it's a mess. Like, you know, if you just, you decide to do all this, you've got to kind of, like, clean up those loose edges. It's a, you let it's people a huge problem. It goes through the phones. It's great, that. I like that. Missed hey. messages and, yeah. and contacts. And of course, Zoe's, you've got a teenage kids, so they've got 100,000 messages. Zoe's boyfriend is yeah. like, you know... My dad's away. When how did you when come over? You come so over? I'm grounded for how long? Till I'm 18. <laughs> such a typical dad maneuver. It's that one. such a dad comment, isn't it? Who would have thought Kinoa would uh, put that down? Um, and I, but I like that because he had all the laptops and the phones and everything set up. Uh, at work, the pressure is on for where is Bill? You know, like the the boss is saying, where the hell is he? You, gotta, you know, he's got to get in and save the place. Um, and then the clone. Ding. Just like a microwave, the little yep. light goes ding, and you can't leave it in the microwave any longer. Because well, they just age really quickly. The food dries out and goes black and gross, and the same will happen to the clone. So in a panic, he says, well, look, I'll sedate them. We'll pull them out, and then we'll just sedate them for a couple of days. And Edward's like, well, that's all you're going to have. You're going to have a couple of days to do the memory. Otherwise, they'll be, they'll be done, you know? Like, yeah. they won't work. You know, you won't be able to transfer the mind or that. Um, and this whole time, actually, previous to this, you, you, we've had a few moments of him. He's, he can't figure out how to transfer. He can't quite solve that. Yeah, problem. he doesn't know why the the higher functions, the real consciousness, doesn't kick in. Yeah, because like, he's seen movement, he's heard vocalizations, but no. Why? What, what do you call it? The the, ooh, the the dawning of of consciousness, or I can't remember the yeah. terminology is, but yeah, this, it doesn't happen. No, and he's managed to do it with uh, apes, but not and and other animals, but not humans, mm. and not human to robot. So he's he's failed at the whole thing, and he can't figure figure out figure out figure out the answer. So anyway, the clones are out. His wife and daughter, um, daughter and son. He's got them sort of in their beds now. He's sedating them, and he has a moment that he's coming up. I, I feel like the time clock had kind of used up here. And he's got his fatal syringe. I think he's, he's about yeah. to put his wife down and say, sorry, I tried. I tried, yeah. He gets a phone call uh, and it's, uh, who was this talking? Jones. Jones. He's Jonesy. talking to him about, yeah, you got again, just putting on the old pressure. And he's touching his wife looking at the screen and, and there's activity, neural activity. Yeah. And which you've, 
he gets all excited about. He gets Edward over to find out, you know, to talk to him. Yep. And then he, he points out that, because I was going, geez, neural activity, is it responding to his name? Like, yeah. But it was only, that was just the, um, you know, the primitive part of the brain responding to physical activity. Like it was just neurons firing from touch. Yeah. And that's when he realizes the problem is that that sense of self, because we talk about five senses, but we do actually have a fair few more senses than that. And one of them is our um, somatosensory sensory ability, which is the ability to detect that you have a body. Yeah. And this is this is a, the trick you can do, of course, is you close your eyes and you can touch your nose. You know where your nose is. You know where your hand is, even though you can't see it, but you can feel your body and its position in space. Yeah. And this is what he's, he's sort of talking about. He's going, okay, so when you chuck them in the robot... They can't feel themselves. They don't yes. know that they exist. And so then the brain just freaks out. This is like the uh, the lizard brain freaks out, yeah. the brainstem, which sort of makes sense because I guess it, it wants to deal with lungs and heartbeats and other autonomic functions and they're not happening. Yeah. So you've you got to wonder, like, yeah, if you've got a body with no lung or hearts or, or sense does the brain work properly? And I guess yeah. the answer is no, it, it goes a bit cray-cray. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, it's probably a bit comparable to becoming paralyzed, right? That, that you kind of like can't feel anything and how do you understand your body and, and you freak out like thinking, well, like, how do I breathe? Why am I breathing? How do I breathe? Am I dead? Am I alive? So how does a brain question that is a good question. It's a good question. And that's, that's that famous Metallica song. <laughs> yes. So anyway, yeah, he reckons then though that he's got the answer and he's going to do it. So he goes ahead and we um do we see that? Like yeah, he's just sort of he does it does a, the transference to his wife with Edward there as yeah. a, a handy yeah. helper. And she shivers and shakes. Yep. And they go, "Oh my goodness, it's failed." And then she calms down and then just breathes easily and yeah. nicely well it's nice because she kind of does the same shake that the robot did and so you think that yeah. she's going to like wake up and freak out but no she's all good um but then he automatically puts her back to sleep because he, he says well we've got to sort out the house and the yeah. life and all the laptops and the mobile phones and all that stuff to be fair <laughs> if i could just you know, like sedate my wife before he let me go clean up the, yeah. the place the mess that you've made in the studio here yeah sometimes it's helpful if she finds another one of my fingernails on the floor she'll life she has warned me yeah and it, this is where we get that nice thing that uh, a montage where again another montage but it's like he has he re, he cleans up the stuff but then he sees the zoe stuff and it's, it dawns on him that well yeah he has to get rid of the pictures of zoe he has to get rid of her bed he has to and so it's quite a sad um, depressing montage <laughs> yeah, again he, because because he 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 he's rubbing off the dinosaur that she drew on that kitchen bench slowly, and he's like putting her soft toys in the big green bin out the front, and he's like packing photos into a box of memories. Like, yeah, it's it's a sad because because again, that's kind of he has to let her go, doesn't he? Like, he has to get rid of her. And by two two o'clock in the morning or so, yeah, he falls in a bed, sleeps next to his wife. Uh, he's quite pleased with that, I suppose. But he w- he wakes up and she's gone. Oh, no, she's not. And he jumps up and he's he's like sort of 
runs down the stairs, walks, you know, rushing about in that strange way that Keanu moves, <laughs> and gets. Yeah, he he sort of walks like a cowboy, like he has a kind of a a really almost like a determined sort of the way he moves is sort of has a d- determination to it, which is he does particular to him. It is, and he he comes in and they're in the kitchen having breakfast, and Mum's about to go for a run. A in the run. Morning. She says she feels fantastic. I've I've tried doing that myself. I do like going for runs and rides, but I can't do it in the morning. I just can't. It's because you're not a clone. Oh, maybe I should clone myself. Because maybe. if you imagine that, you would be your age, but you're actually your body is only technically hours seventeen like days, seventeen old. days, eighteen days old, right? So it's like. It's like when you have a newborn baby. I mean, those babies are amazing, aren't they? So it's like... That would be suspicious too. If if I woke up and suddenly like... Felt so good in your like, body. Because you're not going to have any calluses. No. So Because I've got a few calluses on my feet from running and so on. And, you know, I've got, um, you know, I've got little broken... Your dinky fingers got broken. Bumps and... And my nose and is... Groans. My nose is broken from a... Yeah. An altercation at one time. Yes, mine too. And then... Breathing problems. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all those things. Your teeth. All these things. Yeah, it's just, wow. You're, you're really kind of... Because that doesn't... That's not in your genetic... Medicine. What even about your eyesight as well? Because your eyesight... My eyesight's gone downhill as I've gotten older. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, and your ears, like your hearing would be louder. Right? Wow. I want to be cloned now. That'd yeah, be no, awesome. totally. This is great. But anyway, <laughs> you know, she's, yeah. she goes off for a run and, and the kids uh like... Just eating everything. Yeah, well, I think that's what kids... I think it's more the case that rather than being the usual father of going, no, you've had your breakfast, move on. Like, this is yeah, not well, a kitchen. He decides that the kitchen's open. And he's there, just so yeah. delighted that to be is. able to serve. And I think that's that's one of those things you, you take, like, you, your kids for granted so much that, that yeah, I want this for breakfast, I want that for breakfast. And you kind of go, oh, just have the cereal. Yeah. There's a porridge. You know how to make it. Like, go I for need it. my cup of tea and, I, you know, I'm, I'm asleep. But Whereas if, it, really being in the moment and going, oh, wow, yeah, you know, you're my kid. He was, he was pleased. So he, yeah. he made a whole bunch of stuff for them. And he's um, Mona going for her run. Yeah, this is where she runs. And, and she's running and running and all of a sudden she feels a bit weird. Yeah, and she holds it. her belly, which I thought was about being stabbed in yeah. the belly. Like she's having a bit of a... Freak out moment, weird ass memory thing, wasn't she? Yeah, and just sort of frowning and moving on. And then um, here we have Edward calls and says, "There's a donor, you know, and we've got to we've got to like make this donor work." Um, Bill needs to get in there and make three, four, five work. Uh, the robot transfer needs to work now, otherwise, you know, the place is going to be shutting down. Um, and he, he, he goes and he leaves the clone f- family kind of not wanting to leave them, uh, which is <laughs> because the, the boy is not really eating out of a bowl or anything. And, and that's what I thought. I thought like you could implant that memory, but maybe some of those little things that we learn, like how to eat with a spoon and stuff. Like, is would that transfer across or is that he kind of tipped a lot of syrup on yeah, his pancake? Yeah. And like. Like, yeah, okay, I would expect, yeah, a lot. And he's not... At first I thought, oh... And look, he is a teenage boy. My, I think when you kids, are a teenage boy, you do a bit of that. My you know? kids put a, a... Yeah, they do do Sometimes that. I've got to say, ah, oh, that's that's probably yeah. enough. And even as a parent, sometimes you pour. You know, they would just like go... Clug, clug, but clug, this clug. was over the top. Yeah. Yeah, so Edward goes... And Edward, huh? Will. Willy Bill. He goes in... <laughs> Billy Willy. Billy Willy. He goes in. <laughs> and it's the same deal as there's a soldier yeah. there. Yeah. They've got it up. They're looking, you know... 
his viability, 64%, yeah. is viable. Do you concur? Yeah. And Bill says, no, I do not concur. It's oddly formal, isn't it? Yeah, concur. It is. No, I do not concur. Agree? Can I say agree? Can I just say disagree? I disagree. It's, it's not viable. Can I just say it? No, concur. Do You've got to say concur. <laughs> you don't say concur, I'm pushing the button. It's, it's too late. <laughs> and yeah, and, and Joan sort of, is obviously a little bit pissed and Ed was like, what, what's going on? And Bill, he says, no, he couldn't do it. And fair enough, because he knows it's not going to work. It would just be another tragedy. So he's not going to do it. But he's got a great idea. He does. He is going to go to the toilet and strain hard. <laughs> he is. I was expecting a bit of toilet humor there to tell you the truth. Yeah. He, he, he rushes into the toilet with his laptop and takes the, the machine and it's... What you were talking about, we like a good needle in the eye and he's going to do it to himself here. Don't you always love that? When they, a scientist wants to do this shit to themselves. Because the thing is, they do it to people that like, these are dead people or uh, dead soldiers. And, you know, like, you know, whereas it, it's like the scientist is going to do it to them. They're, they're awake on the toilet, you know. Oh, he is. He's and on, so he lines him all up. He's not a real himself all up sanitary to place to do it, you would have thought. No, no. He wouldn't. I was Sticking like, a needle in your Surely he could just do it toilet. in his own office anyway. I mean, he'd have a private room, wouldn't he? But hey. J- Jonesy, the, the Jones boss comes in. He's like, ah, oh, you're doing a number two. <laughs> Caught you. <ya." laughs> I do not like it when people talk to me on the toilet. No, it's, I don't like it either. It's a weird breach of etiquette. Well and truly. Even even at the sink where you're washing hands, it still feels a little bit too close yeah. to the business. Like i got to say with three little kids, and you, you must have had this, and you still might now because I still have it now, it's like there is no privacy with the kids. No. Uh, and, I, you know, like, you know, you're on the toilet and they're like banging on the door, whatever. All right. And the worst is if they're upset or crying or something, and you're like, they're coming uh, for a I hug. I can't do anything right now. I'm I'm literally doing something that has nothing to do with you, and I need like a minute or two or whatever. And I mean, Tanya always joked years ago, like the fingers come under the door, like a zombie finger can yeah. even come under the door. Uh, but then I've even had my wife like come talk to me. I'm like, can I have the five minutes on the toilet? Like, can I? Can you? And it's the same here. It's like. Jonesy, I mean... I'm sticking a needle in my eye. That's stressful enough. I don't need you reminding me again. Look, this is how he goes to the toilet, right? He puts a needle in his eye to go do a shit. Let him do a shit, okay? That's (laughs) that's where the odd button is. That's right. That's how he just does it, okay? Dunk! Dunk! That's what I've been doing wrong all this time. It's a needle in the eye at the same time, sorry. A bit of acupuncture. Um, And uh, Jonesy then kind of is like, you know, a bit... He's, he's dirty at him the fact that he didn't do the procedure yeah. and, you know, they don't. It's pretty much... He says... Um, he says a line... I don't think I actually wrote it down, but he actually says to him, oh, you know, Shane, that didn't work. And Reeve says, oh, we'll get it next time. And he's like, if there is a next time. If there is. Or if we were lucky, there's a next time or something. So he doesn't. And uh, good old Billy... Sticks the socket into his eye. Yeah, it gets a bit of old scan. And transfers his brain across. Well, see, I think this is a good idea because at the very least, you're not going to get the whole who am I business because he's like, because he will be transferring across knowing full well the process, what he's doing and yeah. so forth. Yeah, yeah. But what, uh, I think what he was explaining there, he's also able to then, uh, he can, because he's alive and he knows the whole thing, he can actually record his own feelings his, yeah. his own autonomic system yeah. as part of the transfer yeah so, learn so in fact maybe this process wouldn't work 
with a corpse or maybe you know maybe he was intending to use his own uh recording as yeah. the baseline it would still be a bit of a weird thing possible rejection but yeah well that's that's about it so any yeah he he gets back home anyway yeah, and his kids have are trying to look for their phones and mona has a bit of a weird feeling of um yeah, there's sort of something missing. Yeah, she goes, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. Yeah. Which again, I I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. And then you know, there's something not right, something very wrong. Sophie's in bed with a fever. Uh, well, that was that was the dinner also where I think um, Matt threw potatoes. No, that's later. That's, that's later. later. Yeah. Okay, and so he says, "Oh, you'll be all right in the morning." Yeah, and then he goes off. So she goes off to bed. He creates the algorithm. So for transferring his brain over so that it will be all seamless. He then um, runs because Sophie is screaming out about her mum dying. So he goes to her and he comforts her and he explains like it's a bad dream. It's not a big deal. But he decides and he takes her downstairs and he re-plugs her brain back in. This this was something I didn't explore in this film, but this opens up the whole thing. So you could record the brain back out. Yeah. Edit it and edit put it, it back, back in. <laughs> Ooh, like that, that yeah. opens up all sorts of possibilities. Like, it does. Imagine the old PTSD, you know, trauma. Yeah. yeah or you anything, just, right? you bring it in and just, let's just fuzz that a little bit so it's not quite so wouldn't, severe. Wouldn't a man like this get a bit addicted to that? Like he'd have an argument with his wife and he's like, she's like, where have you been? I've been out drinking. You're not supposed to be drinking. It's a week. And blah, blah, blah. Have a big old fight. It's like, yeah, she's asleep now. I'm just going to change her memory. <laughs> I won that Delete one. that. Delete that that I went out on a Wednesday night and had a lot of drinks. She wakes up and went, what did you do last night? I was here all night, like, honey. Well, it's, oh, okay. it's more the case. Is you were recording a podcast at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. That's too late, sir. Too... Okay, I'm just going to oh, edit that one Just now. edit that one out of your brain. <laughs> Weren't you going to do Space Brains last night? No. No, we never did that. I don't know. What. What's one... Space Brains? Space Brains? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> delete that. <laughs> I, I deleted too much. I need to go back. Every day we did late in the day before. <laughs> All the mistakes of Christmas Christmas past again. Um, so, and the thing is, he's, he decides to do that, but then Mona is like, what the is going yeah, on down here? That's right. He, he's mid-messing with Sophie. Brain. And Mona comes in and catches him. Okay. <laughs> It's like, it's like he's playing Xbox with Sophie's <laughs> brain. And then he, he quickly puts the Xbox controller down and covering yeah. up a, a little name. Zoe? Was that Zoe's one that he covered up? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he does. Um, anyway, he actually just tells her everything. I was, uh, I was very proud of him for doing yeah. that. It would have been um, easy for him to try and, uh, and then jab her with a needle and then edit that out or something stupid. Yeah. Uh, and he, he does. He, te- he tells her everything. Um, and, and the thing is, she's really upset. She's, she's, you know, like you deleted a child, all this kind of stuff. Um, but he says to her that, you know, he was faced with all of their lifeless bodies in front of him and he just, he did what he thought was the best thing. And she actually, you can tell she's not happy because I know you as a man, as a husband knows your wife's not happy, but she wasn't happy about it, but she reaches out and holds I, I actually and thought I, that, I thought that was kind of nice. it did portray a, a very strong relationship. And you can understand then why yeah. he would have had such trouble letting Mona go as well because yeah. they clearly were very close. Yeah. You know, they, had, they had some you know, 
discussions about research and things, but they underline they had a very strong relationship. And, yeah, and I liked that because to me it was a very, you know, she... You could imagine her very easily going, you're an asshole, you know, like, you know, like I'm going to go to the police and we're going to, you know, like this is just totally outside of it. But the way him saying that to her kind of resonated in that, yeah, like that would be a really hard, she she was empathetic to it. The fact that as a man, as a father, he kind of pulled everyone's body out of the river and then decided to replicate. Yeah. When he asked what she would do and the thing that she was a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she's wished she could have saved more people as That's well. That's right, yeah. So um, that was nice. And then, yeah, over the, over dinner, the three confront him over this weird memory um, and also the scribbling. Uh, some, one of them says something about Zoe. Yeah, and the name Zoe was scribbled on the back of her wardrobe. Yeah, why is and that? And then, then, of course, Mum Mona says, and there was a bunk bed. Why do we have a bunk bed? And this is what I meant by in a human brain, you could delete, like you could literally, because the way he did it as well was like search for files like on mm. a computer and delete things. But a human brain's not like that. There would be some, like the color red could be like, oh, a red bike, a little well, girl's red bike. You know what I mean? Uh, and that earlier be... when they were doing the Christmas tree shopping, which we didn't cover in our little synopsis no. here because it's, it's neither here nor there. It's part of the um, you know, fun and games. You She sees a girl in a red dress. Mm. And pauses for a moment, looks and yeah. so forth. But yeah, yeah, just when it's looking like it's going to be really difficult to talk about Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. Jones. Jones suddenly rocks up. Jones pops up and asks to talk to him and they, they go outside and reveals, of course, that um, Edward couldn't keep his trap shut because, uh, you know, he knows, he, he says, yeah, subjects three, four, six, seven, and eight. Uh, successful, you know, and the yeah. property of Biodyne, Biodyne, which is pretty ruthless, really. Yeah, but but true, because <laughs> like no, that they are property, really, because they, you know, those machines they came out of. Yeah, you grew them in them, and yeah, yeah, and so yeah, he's saying is you know, I'm making all this money as a biomedical company. Yeah, and he says we're not a biomedical no, company. No, we're. Who do you think we are? Who do you think? Where are the big bad? <laughs> where are the big bad guys? I mean, and it does. It says a good thing where he goes. Imagine the best pilot in a thousand planes. You know, flying for an army. You know, and it's like so. The brain transfer process. I guess the idea then is like if you could take the best pilot and then put them into a robot. But then you could actually just duplicate that. So you could duplicate that brain into yeah, a thousand That, that wouldn't lead to any bad consequences. No, it wouldn't at all. <laughs> um, and so he says, well, give me the algorithm and you, you get a, you get actually, Jones says, you'll get the thing that you wanted all along, which is a proper goodbye. Say goodbye yeah, to them, you know. Have sex with your wife, hug your children, just have a solid goodbye, you know. And, uh, of course, he says, sure, I'll get you the algorithm, but we know he's going to get up to mischief. And he does. And he, and he does. He, he grabs the bits and pieces, grabs his family, convinces his wife, who, again, uh, accepts. Uh, and I think it probably does help that uh, they're in Puerto Rico, not in America, because if yeah. they are at home, surrounded by people, they, you know, familiar places and people and yeah. family, it would be harder to accept. But I think, you know, they're... They're a bit isolated out there. They really. are, yeah, yeah. It didn't really go into that much, yeah. except you've got to think, um, you know, they're on this 
they're not even on the main island of Puerto Rico. I think they're on like a sub island. I don't know if there's such a thing exists, but there is a got yeah. the impression that they were. I yeah. got the impression that they're not like somewhere with like and even the police came up and said, Do you speak Spanish? And no. So Okay. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he says <laughs> Not you know, guilty. We've got to go, we've got to run for it. They probably had security briefings. Uh, I know that again not Puerto Rico, but there are very nearby unfriendly nations yeah. who would like to kidnap an important uh, research scientist for the Americans. So anyway, Bill runs inside to get the algorithm, tells the wife and that that we have to get out. At the same time, the bo- boss messages, you know, he sends a message and there's these suited armed men outside actually goons. the house. They're called goons. goons yeah. Um, and they, you know, they're in the good old fashioned Mr. Smith sort of outfit. Black suits, black, black suits, tie. black ties. Long hair, ponytails. But they they <laughs> Stuck don't in the make 80s. it look good. No, they don't look good. And they kind of get out and he's, he says, just, you know, stand by for my message. Um, he Bill returns with the algorithm, uh, you know, in the machine package thing, whatever it is that he's got. to hand it to him. And he goes to hand it to him, but he sticks him with a needle. Take that. And then just to add it on, he smacks him in the head. With the algorithm. And that's where he runs I inside drive. and wraps it in tin foil. Chucks that, that was funny. He's searching all the different drawers and finally the wife said, what are you doing? Was there alpha ice in the top drawer there? Oh, <laughs> there. It was a very domestic little moment there. Chucks in there and they, they, they start all, zapping it. They all run out and jump in the car, drive off. off. The goons sort of go and they're too late. Yeah. And they, they find and the they, boss. Yeah. They get Jones and they go tearing off through the city streets. And, yeah. Uh, they find out then they're getting followed. Yes. And they go, how the followers trackers? And he says, I know all the animal subjects. You know, have trackers in them. In He's the in, spine. Powered by the central nervous yeah. system. Uh, and so she, being a doctor, she goes, well, let's take us to the El Medicolo Clinico. Yeah, and I liked that because he kind of, he's like, you can't, you can't, can't cut them out. You can't get rid of them. And she's like, no, no, take them to the hospital. And it's like, and he goes, well, okay, like, I'm going to put some faith in your expertise. And because it, it seems like, no, like he, in, from his scientific brain no you can't take you can't you can't get rid of these things you can't get rid of the trackers we just have to run you know and um so anyway they go to a hospital and she gets some goes into a, a medical room and gets the daughter to lie down and she explains that if we zap it with the cardiac arrest machine the zappers the good old zappers as we all know they call as we know those things that they always do in hollywood which don't really work like that but uh the defibrillators clear Clear. <laughs> Again, <laughs> up the ante. They're very dramatic, but they're not. They're not very realistic. Yeah, uh, from what they a don't defib works. work as often as what they'd like to say in the movies. Well, I did first aid training, and like the first time I did, I'm like, oh my god, it's nothing like the fucking movies. Like, it's like, no, just put them on. You can't get electrocuted. Don't worry, you're fine. Just stand yeah. back. Put them on. Like a a monkey can operate them, the, the defib just does it. Like, and the defib even checks if you need to do it. Like, the, the defib won't work if if they can detect a heartbeat. The automated defib. I didn't yeah. even know that until someone at work um, accidentally opened one and started talking. You can't. You can't. You, you, but even if you do that, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like, it can't. There's nothing. It can't do anything to anyone that's actually got a heartbeat. <laughs> And even when you've got, even if you don't have a heartbeat, even then it's fine. You know, it's none of this like, oh, charge it up, 
put more like, oh, there's water on it. <laughs> you know, if there was water on it, what it's going to do is it's going to singe the person you put it on. Like it's going to singe off their hair like a motherfucker, but it's not going to be anything bad to you. Sorry. You're just standing there going, oh, okay. And the machine just says to you, stand back, stand clear. Uh, anyway, so that's me going off on a rant. But she has got a clever thing that if you do that, you could possibly zap the tracker. Overload them. Overload yeah. the tracker. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. And one by one. She does it. She does. And the lights spread and we just... Up to Mona, and she's the goons are coming. They've got the tracker. Her heart rate's gone up, and she's got to calm down. And someone's coming, and then they step into the room. But it was like you know some old person's room. Yeah, it's a decoy. They've already put it. They've put it into the cockroach, haven't they? Well, see, I think it's more the case of even though the little map display, the little display they had, seemed to show a bit of a floor plan. You got to wonder how the heck did they get a floor plan of the hospital for the trackers to show what room? Yeah, it would have been a bit iffy, wouldn't it? I, I think it's, it's more the case that they just would have had a distance and a direction, and yeah. they went and they, they were actually in the in the room behind the wall that yeah. the woman, yeah, or she was in the, the wrong other floor, room. wrong floor, you know. Yeah, like instead of being the third floor, you're on the second floor. Anyway, they, they get all the trackers out and then they hightail it out of there. They then do. They go for the boat, and they yeah. do. They go for the boat. The and it's nice. And hussy. They, it's nice because they go for that, and then the boss gets the phone call that they lost them. Jones and he rings someone, but you and don't he see hits who. Redial. Yeah, he hits redial, and he's like, "Where are they?" And it's like, "Oh, who's he talking to?" So it's a good old thriller move. Um, and they get to the pier. Bill tells his wife and children to wait. He's going to check if the boat is there. He it was the boat from the trip. So they run down. He runs down to the boat, and he's like, "Oh, the keys was, should be in the esky." And he's like, "Look, and he can't find the esky." And then with that, he the lights and the suitor men rock up and they take the kids, don't they? Yes, and they go, he's going to have to follow them. So, yeah. And he does. And he does. He comes back. And um, he when, when he gets there, Edward is the obviously the kind of plant, so to speak. You know, he, he obviously spoke to Jones he's earlier and gave away. Him. He'd given away information earlier in the film, but we didn't know. Um, and he, he says, look, if we just sort of play the game, we'll be okay. Like, you know, I won't lose my job and, you know, my career won't be over. We won't be going to jail. Yeah, and he says, well, are you kidding? He's going to kill us all. Yeah. Anyway, so the boss threatens to kill Mona and Bill jumps in front of her and he goes, ah, and he just kills Edward. Yeah. As a way of, like, upping the stakes, right? Like, it's like, oh, okay. Well, it does let you know you're serious because there's one thing to have someone say, oh, you know, I'm going to shoot your wife. Oh, if you don't do it, you, you kind of... You got to think. Well, yeah, but this, like this is the boss that I've worked with. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a hard case, but whatever. And then he shoots Edward. You kind of go, okay, now he no, is just he, he is just going to shoot my family, isn't he? That's just the end of it. Yeah. So and he says, yeah, I'll go make make your algorithm for you. And so he he runs off into the lab and puts the algorithm into three, four, five. Four, five. Well, it wasn't supposed. I think he was just supposed to make recreate the yeah. algorithm, but he has his own brain that he sticks in, yeah. and, and three, four, five energizes. Yeah, and then he comes, he comes back. He does, and he and he's locked down, but he like breaks free. Um, Bill gives Jones the algorithm, and he's like, oh, "Well, you've given me everything. I can just kill your family anyway. What, 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 Break what? the deal." <laughs> But then the robot smashes in and, of course, he's got one of the goons and just flings him across the room, right? And everyone's like, oh, sugar, these things. 
bit stronger than what we should have ever made. And where's the pa- where's the fail safe button? I mean, why don't we, why do we make these robots without any sort of fail safe button, right? I don't know. And of course, it's it's Bill. It's Bill and the robot. So we've got Bill, the living, breathing human, but he's transferred a version of his brain into this robot, and this robot's just gonna. Do everything it takes it, to save the. Yeah, family. and it does it. It, it charges does. in there. They charges shoot at it, but it's you, know. does, you can't stop it. It's a freaking killing machine. And he just starts smacking him around to pieces, <laughs> including Jones. So then Bill and that escape with the kids. Jump in the um, car. They get in the car and they're going to go, but he he looks at his wife and he's like, "No." Nah. I th- I think the point was he didn't want him to kill Jones, right? Is that well, kind of. He didn't want to kill Jones. I think it was also the case of this doesn't clear us from anything. Cause no. I think Jones said at some point, you know, you get rid of me. That's, yeah, yeah, that's I'm, right. They'll just replace yeah. me. I'm just, I'm yeah. not the, the, the top of this. Yeah. Yeah. They'll just get another version of me. Yeah. So he goes back in. The robot is kind of like smashing the shit out of Jones. He's punching him. He's whacking his head around. Um, and he tells him to stop, Bill. And then he goes up and he says... You can be a rich man, and we can offer this as a service. You, can, you know, you come yeah. back as a clone, right? Yeah, yeah live again. Good. So, so they get the needle in his eyeball. Yep. Uh, and there's blood leaking out his head because he's dying. He's, he's dead. dying. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not around. And the, the build the robot version says, "Well, I'll stay here and grow him and look after him. You yeah. know, like do the procedure with him." And so. Um, and Bill kind of has a little moment with Edward, who's dead on the floor, and leaves. And then we get 17 days later, and the cloning is complete. We get told the cloning is complete. And so you think, okay, it's probably Jones. And maybe it is Jones. Um, but we have this moment on the beach that Mona, she's there with the teenagers. And then out of the distance, Bill brings along Zoe. That'll be a strange reunion. It would be. Mum would be going, there's so many things I don't remember about you. Yeah. I'm glad you brought her. I remember having something. <laughs> don't know when her birthday is. I don't really remember much about you, but I'm very, she was very happy to see you. Oh, yeah. Well, why wouldn't she? I mean, if you get like, I'd, I'm sure I'd get like a little mug that says World's Greatest Dad and a mouse pad and yeah. uh, like a bookmark that's You're My Diamond Armor and <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> And um, we then have, which kind of like, yeah, surprised me, but then we get told we're in Dubai and we have this kind of like rich elder man in a wheelchair kind of coming along uh, and he, with, you know, a beautiful looking sort of young woman bringing him down this corridor, kind of come around and it's Jones and Jones says to him, well, you can't put a price on the second life and he comes wheels him into this lab room overlooking Dubai, the cityscape. And uh, he says, well, you know, uh, Bill, you know, take it away. And you sort of, it's interesting because from the long shot, it looks like Kanar Reeves, but then he hits the robot and he mm. turns around and he's in a suit and he's like, yeah, I can't remember what he says, but he's like, start the Exterminate. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, the the whole thing there is that, as I said earlier, like that could almost be another movie from that point, it feels yeah, that, that could that'd be the opening scene. That could be the there. opening scene, yeah, and we go from there. And the end, roll credits, sorry. So where does this film sit on your preference ladder? Where do you think people should watch it in the order of science? 
in the ones that we've looked at so far well, <laughs> on Space Force. Yeah, I've put it at, uh, this one's a number 23 out of 33. There's probably a few more on that list, actually, maybe, <laughs> that you're missing. Well, I've got the, the classics there as well. So it's in there with the you know, Serenity, not yeah, just a bit below Serenity, a bit above Gora, Darkest Dawn, and so on. Yeah, I, I think I think my sort of, like I said, it's a it's a thriller. Um, I, I could almost sort of put it up there, I, yeah. And this is why I sort of want to go through some of this ladder here a bit because it would go nicely with Anon, uh, which is yeah. another sort of thriller cop one. Yes. And in fact, the reason I chose this one was because we just watched Surrogates, which is kind of about people inhabiting robots, and this yeah. one here is. Uh, you know, people having a second life in clones and robots. Yes. So, and yourself? Uh, I think for me, I'm going to go a little bit higher up the rung, but um, I agree at the same time. So about number 10, 10 rung for me sort of thing. I think what really hooked me is that it's more disturbing. It's a bit more thriller. It's a bit more human feelings in this if you are a dad or a parent, I, th- I kind of think it really kind of draws a bit on those heartstrings. Um, I also really liked how scientific they made the procedure. Like, I think it was kind of done in a way that was showing that they were very scientific. Like you said before, like, I concur, but I th- and I think maybe that wording wasn't quite right, but it, it felt like this was a real procedure and a real facility. Like, I felt like they put time and effort into the science of the procedures, you know, and I think Reeves actually, he's a little bit, um, he's a little bit devoid of emotion in his job and then very emotional with his family. So it's mm. kind of like, it felt more scientific to me, this, this sort of, this procedure and felt more realistic, like this is maybe what it would look, be like, yeah, if it, this was a real lab. So yeah, it kind of comes in, it's an interesting concept and it, very morally questioning the way we are. And I agree, like with Anon is another one that kind of questioned our morals and maybe Tao as well, that questioning robot algorithm thinking versus, you know, a scientist that creates the algorithms. So, and, are, yeah. are we more than that? Just, uh, is there a soul, basically? Yeah. Are we more than just the sum of our experiences yeah. and what we've learned? Or is there something intrinsic to a human or to a life, a consciousness? Yeah. That. Which is pretty much what his wife says to him. You know, that's that's kind of is that theme of the film, is it? She she says, eh, I don't know if what you're doing is actually ethically correct. Like, is that is this an okay thing to do? Is there more to it? And, and she does, doesn't she? She does also say, is there more to a human than just the consciousness? Like that, and that's always that question. Is it like again going back to pet cemeteries? Uh, you know, and even though that's not the science, that's the question in that film. Like. You bring someone back to life, but then they're not the same person anymore, you know? So it's, it's the same here. It's like if you clone someone, are they truly the same person or are they a different version of that same person? And then the ethical question is like, well, should you clone them in the first place? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of nations around the world have banned cloning yeah. experimentation. Yeah, even on a therapeutic level, you know? Yeah, which so. I, I think is not the right way to do it but but it's an interesting it, it is obviously something that as humans we are uncomfortable about i suppose so that does lead into what science this film is to me pretty bloody scientific sorry what what science do you want to talk about well cloning cloning 
I've already talked about uh, brain transfers and of consciousness. But of the cloning is interesting and it's something that is in a lot of science fiction films is often this question of are clones real people? Yes. Uh, there's yeah TV series, what was it? Um, Dark? Dark Angel. Was that yeah. Yeah, was with clones, with vat-grown super soldiers? And yes. there's always this thought. Because uh, one of the problems we have in science fiction is they always show clones as being... Something that grows very—it's seventeen days to adulthood. Seventeen days, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the reality—I yeah. mean, why we don't have that ability? We can clone people and yeah. animals, but we can't grow them super fast. No. So if you were to clone a, you know, a, a clone army, you would have to wait, you know, twenty years or how yeah. long it takes. That's a long time. You know? It's a long time. But interestingly, interestingly enough, in Star Wars, the clone army was took many years. Yeah. So it's sort of strange considering they've got, you know, the force and other Bands, powers. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so cloning, I think the most famous cloning is Dolly the Sheep. Yes. We've all heard about that. Dolly in the late 90s, 96. We know Dolly. Yep. Just July 5, 1996 was her birthday. She died at age six in 2003 uh, of a um, uh, lung illness, not probably not related to her cloning Nature. No. It's, it's common for laboratory animals to get this particular illness because they don't have a lot of fresh outside air, which is, I don't know, that's another ethical consideration, of course, <laughs> isn't it? So the question is, how, how do we clone? I have done cloning. Have you? Yes. I what have, have you? I have cloned numerous organisms. Have you? Yes. Sea my, monkeys? No, my grapevines. Grapevines? Grapevines, blueberries. Is right. what I've cloned. And that's simply by taking a cutting from. So a clone is something that is genetically identical to its parents as opposed to a normal offspring which would have multiple parents with a variety of genetic material. I'm disappointed that you haven't cloned sea monkeys. No. Sea <laughs> men? No, hang on, we're not going to go there. <laughs> See people, I mean. Yeah. But sure. Yeah. So we've been cloning plants since we've figured out that you can just, uh, you know, chop a, a chunk off an olive tree and bury it in the ground, and it'll grow more olive trees. Yeah. And likewise, you know, any number of plants will do the same thing. If you stick a bit of them in the ground, they'll just start growing. Is that genetically the same as the first plant, but? Yeah, would so, that be genetically the same? In identical? fact, pink lady apples, apple trees, yeah. are almost all clones. Right. So the pink lady tree, the pink lady apples that you buy in the shops, yeah. are off clones of the original pink lady, which is down south near. Oh, I want to say it's it's near Donnybrook or Manjimup. Manjimup. It's 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 somewhere around there. The original pink lady apple tree mm. is there. And likewise, the um, citrus, what is it, the navel orange? Orange, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Clones. So, and mm. bananas, quite famously, the Cavendish banana is on the verge of extinction because yeah. uh, it's all the one plant that's been propagated and propagated and propagated. And now there's a disease which affects it and it affects all of them equally. Whereas normally, if you have a, genet- gen- genetically, a genetically diverse uh, species, then you know some people are are immune. Some members of that species are immune to any disease just due to 
random fluctuations. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they've they found I think uh, three three people last count I saw who are genetically immune to AIDS, for example. Yeah. Just naturally, just yep. just by variation and variety of genetics, they just cannot get it, yep. which is being you know, led to some you know novel possible treatments and so forth, which is great. But well, then, we would see that with COVID, right? There would be some percentage of people that would just, you, they could be like, you could shove a tissue of COVID right in their fucking they could face. Drink they could a drink spit. a cup of it. Oh. They just lick your butt crack, sweat. <laughs> <laughs> when you have COVID, and they would be okay. I mean, I don't know why they would, but they would. We are not endorsing <laughs> any of these activities to try and find out. Okay. No. And it's not the they usual just have process. natural antibodies, right? Yeah, just just natural antibodies. Um, maybe they've got something earlier, or maybe they just you know, have a different blood type that blood, does yeah, it. Yeah. In, in any case, that's one type of cloning is where you get like a plant, you chop a bit off and you stick it and it regrows. You can right. also get, there are some worms, some bacteria and so forth, which do the same deal. Uh, the other type of cloning is where you basically make twins so you get an embryo, and they've done this with mice and monkeys and stuff. Yeah. You get an embryo, and it grows you know, to, like, say, four cells, and then you very, very carefully split them into two cells again at the point, because at the point where they're, like, four cells or eight cells, they're a blastocyst, I think they're called. They're really just undifferentiated stem cells. Like, they are potentially every cell in your body. Yeah. Like, there's eight, literally eight of them and in the human body there's like millions of cells yeah so you split it down the middle and then if you're lucky they each just continue multiplying and grow into new clones yeah and they they do this for animals um they do it to implant um twins in in various things it's not common this is not a, a standard sort of feature but it's been done yep and it's fairly well understood it's it's not a very useful feature except in terms of um if you want to have twins to research the effect of one animal and they have a control and you know that they're genetically the same so that takes that variable out that's kind of handy but dolly the sheep was a different one it's more similar to ivf so in ivf treatment for humans you take a bunch of eggs and a bunch of sperm and you you know slash them together Uh, you check to see which ones take yep and then you stick a whole bunch into mum and some of them may or may not take, and eventually you end up with children. That's the theory. If, on the other hand, what you do is you take the egg and you suck out the genetic contents of that egg, so the goodbye mum, and then you take some genetic material from another animal, in this case, in Dolly's case, and the reason they call it Dolly, named after Dolly Parton, is they took it from the mammary gland of an adult sheep. Dolly Parton is well known for her singing and put it in the egg and then incubate right. that egg and it grew and they put it inside of a surrogate, not a robot, a sheep, and it grew and <laughs> out came Dolly. Hurrah. So Dolly now only has the genetic material from the one donor, which was in fact a female. So there was no father involved, yeah. only a mother and a surrogate mother. In yeah. theory, you could have put Dolly into the, the her own mother, but yeah. they, they didn't. So that sounds really easy. You know, you could then, if you want uh, to clone your child, you so just, it still grew Dolly in a womb, traditional way. In, in a womb, womb yes. Yeah, so yeah. We don't have any, um, you know, artificial Machine. wombs yet. 
<clears throat> like this film suggested a machine yeah, that would and, grow. and every science fiction they always have like a vat yeah which they do this in which is kind of cool and it's sort of important because in order to make it a viable movie you usually have to have accelerated growth but, you do but Dolly then you, so if you wanted your, your kid say your, your child was in a tragic car accident you take a bit of skin sample get uh, an egg from mum yep. suck out the guts stick the child's bit in Pop it back in a mum. Bingo. You've got a genetic twin, basically, yeah. of the lost child. Very nice in theory, but there's, it took 276 goes for Dolly to be born, uh, which would require 276 surrogates, which might be awkward to try and find so many to get one cloned child so that's ethically a bit questionable (laughs) and of those 276 a lot of them just never took yeah some of them were born but had major difficulties yeah and as a scientist guy what's his name edward (laughs) no but in this film edward says that doesn't he He says if something's wrong they'll have organs outside their body and you know you you remember that yeah yeah he he says that but I'm just sort of going saying. Um, so, so it is. It, he does what they've cleverly done is referred referred it to that real one, haven't they? Yeah, I just, I just. I was trying to find a quote here. I've got this quote from the the scientist who actually cloned Dolly. When it comes to, yeah, I can't. Now here we go. So. So he says the likelihood is you would get pregnancy losses, abnormal birth. For example, one of the lambs, his lab cloned, soon after Dolly developed lung problems that caused it to hyperventilate and regularly pass out. And he says it was distressing enough to see that in an animal. I wouldn't want to be the person who looked a cloned child on the face and said, very sorry. And he says, with recent advances in gene editing technology, the need for cloning to correct genetic errors will decline further. There's even less reason for doing it now than before. So there's, there's not much point in cloning humans. And primates in general are very difficult to clone. Well, yeah, in, in that context of that process of cloning, mm. right? So whereas the process of cloning we've seen in this film, is totally different. All right, in, in the in the movies that the cloning, you could well imagine you would. I'm not. I'm not really sure. They they sort of. Um. Uh, actually, what he, is what? what is like what he Wilma. Um, what what he is saying because he's saying genetic editing. So you'd be better to just go into the genetics of a father and a mother and kind of go through their genetics and go. Oh, you've got a you know disp- disposition of of uh, cancer, of, you know, shortness, you know, like just delete those things, right? So well, yeah. that makes more sense than cloning, which make, which to me makes a lot of sense. It's much safer and, you know, whatever, or blindness, what, you know, any sort of defects. In, and even you could get to the point, the other side of that, which goes more sci-fi, is, of course, and you go, yeah, let's make them run a bit faster and let's make yeah. them a bit more intelligent. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, the possibilities are a bit funny, aren't they? Whereas 
clone is like you go to all that effort and yet the clone could come out with organs on the outside yeah it's, it's <laughs> like not, it's not yeah. guaranteed because you've got to go through a birthing process i mean if you're talking about whereas a vat though yeah, i imagine that you'd, you'd probably seed the vat with a lot of genetic material or, or, because he's when you're talking about gene editing the reason we've taken uh, an egg and pulled its genetic material out yeah. so there's the, the chromosomes you want to pull out, but there's other machinery inside the yes. egg which allows for growth and development. Yeah. And you need that because the um, genetic material you put in there needs to be turned into uh, a stem cell. And a stem cell is one of these cells that can turn into any other cell. cell. Uh, but we're getting better and better at taking just like a human adult cell and then applying treatment to it and turning it into a stem cell, like into different things. Yes. That's getting more and more along. So the idea that we'd have to clone, you know, create embryo clones, because this is one of the reasons I'm talking about and yeah. why cloning was banned is not so much that they're worried about making people because we already know how to make people. It's easy to make it's people, easy. Really. It's easy. <laughs> sometimes, you know. Too easy. <laughs> for some people, too easy. For some people, it's a bit more tricky, but we've got ways around it. Uh, but it's more the case that you, you grow up the stem cells because when they're at that blastocyst stage, so they're, not, they're not anything. They're 100% they're, um, potential. Yeah. They're not a human at that point. They're just um, cells where the cells could differentiate into stuff. Like they haven't formed nerves or muscle or skin or anything like that they're just these these problems the idea is that you clone that and then you can inject that into damaged heart tissue and it'll become heart tissue but that of course has problems because you kind of you're going to harvest eggs and you know it's it's less than ideal in many ways but what they're finding of course is now you can just take an adult cell from the person say say you're having some heart troubles and, and you're not saying you're having heart troubles but you're having heart troubles and someone takes one of your cells messes about with it with the right set of hormones and um, treatments and then turns it in a heart cell differentiate a, a differentiated heart cell and they stick it back in your heart to repair yeah the damage much easier and that's in quotation marks there you can't see it of course it's much easier than cloning uh, an embryo in order to you know, like and 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 that's really the whole thing is that that's why there's not a lot of human cloning research being done is there's an ethical consideration but there's actually just been better technologies come along for the sorts of things yeah i mean the, really what has to happen is the person a person needs to invent that vat oh, if we know? had if we're cloning if, if vats, they, if, they cre if someone created the vat that be, would change it'd be six sixth day uh, or you know replicas yeah. or and heck i'd do it you know i'd, I'd have a clone of me on on standby with a blank slate ready to go well, everyone would wouldn't they pop your brain in there no problem. well like we said before his wife sort of like feels so fantastic and you really when you break it down you're like yeah well her body's 17 days old it doesn't have the scars and the scratches and the mm. broken nose and this and that that our bodies have yeah, your body would have grown and teeth and according to its dna blueprint yeah without the rigors and stress which yeah. of course is the problem because it won't have any muscle tone yeah or musculature much at all but the really. vats the, vat, the vats the vat, overcome that the vat deals with, you've got to get the levels right you've got to keep the levels right keep the levels right you're all right yeah. keep the power running you're okay yeah you're yeah okay. that's sweet 
There's plenty. We've got everything here. The amino acids and stuff. He says, "Remember, you know, like we've got everything. The protein." Yeah, it's like it did actually look like those, um, you know, protein jars you get from the, 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 the health food. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I mean, you can go into all the ethics and stuff, and and there's a good reason. The other reason we can't clone humans is the genetic material uh, machinery inside the egg to enable it to grow mm-hmm. is tightly coupled to the genetic material in other animals, mice, cats, dogs, uh, and so forth, it is not. So yeah. it's much easier to clone them than humans and primates. Um, but that's that's sort of the science. And Dolly, you should really have a bit of a read about Dolly the sheep. And Dolly what, is so fascinating. What right? it meant in terms of scientific discovery, because it, it everyone immediately thought, oh, we're going to be able to clone our pets and yeah, people. And, people. you know, you get the, the six-day movie, but yeah. Arnie, which is a, a great show. And replicas and so forth the reality of it the legacy of dolly was not at all the fact that we could clone people but rather that adult um, dna adult genetic material could go be regressed back to a youthful state that's what they discovered they went wow we we took a six-year-old sheep's cell and then turned it into a baby sheep when the thought was that it wasn't intended, they weren't intending to do that. The adult stem, the adult cells were used as a control for the experiment. They were expecting the young cells to work and that the young cells work too. But they, Dolly came out of a six-year-old, which is, you know, a middle-aged sheep, Uh, which, and that, then they went, oh, hold the phone. Like we could get adult cells regressing and acting like, you know, youthful cells, that's part of the step towards, you know, a fountain of youth, basically. If you're talking about treatments or, you know, healing people, well, we don't have to clone babies and then rinse them up and turn them to veal and whatever else. (laughs) And feed them to the people. (laughs) Soil and green. Okay, that's that's our next movie. After the Christmas of Christmas, it's the... Yeah, so there we go. That's it's it's a fascinating story. Clone babies and mince them up and feed them to the population. All right, the the three Chris's movie has gone down a sinister path now. That's <laughs> the Christmas. Hensler, Chris, are you still up for it? <laughs> Chris of Christmas Future. That's a that's that's a dark future. That one. Yes, it is. Okay, so what about some cinematography and lighting, sound? Because you spoke a bit about sound and things. Yeah, well, we talked to, talked about it a couple of moments. I mean, I've said the the montages are really good in this. We had the montages with Zoe twice in a row, which is quite interesting. So they kind of like the filmmakers obviously kept them going. And they were great little montages, you know, the one of him uh, figuring out all the memories and, and, and all the bits and pieces. And then later there's like him having to let go of Zoe. And so he like packs up the room and stuff. So it's a couple of great little montages. Um, we also then with his wife, just to, just to pick on cinematography, we had the good old Russian film technique of oblique angles. So this is where the camera kind of goes on a weird angle. And so when she does do her jogging and then she suddenly stops and pauses and holds her belly, the camera tweaks onto a weird angle. Mm. So it's not high, it's not low, it's not middle, you know, it's, it's not straightforward, which most shots are. It's actually off kilter. And I really noticed that there was that scene where he says, I've got to go off 
and there's like the two kids and Mona sort of standing in a line and she says, that's okay, you do yeah. that. And then she <laughs> kind of body, she kind of looks towards the kids and the kids look to her. But that angle, now you say it, the camera was below her shoulder level kind of yeah. angled upwards slightly yeah. and it gives you that sinister. Like There was definitely a sinister is there vibe something there, yeah. Strange yeah. going on. There is something strange. So there's bleak angles there for the really weird feelings from... Um, Mona and and that reoccurred a couple of more times that when she when they do that scene where the daughter's looking for the phones she comes in the lounge and she suddenly stops and it's like you can just tell she's kind of thinking something's missing here I don't know what the hell is missing but something is not right in this scene right now right and oblique angles are used there the sound I think in this film was actually it, it was the key uh, film code that stood out to me and and so I've I've talked a bit about when he did his magic, when he did his essence of his job. Uh, there was this great orchestral score going on, and it just to me pulled me into. Uh, it reminded me of Minority Report because I think in Minority Report, Tom Cruise doing his do do do, you know, using his hands on the big three dimensional computer was really cool at the time. Um, I think here they've kind of like stepped it up a notch and, and it's a like, it's a, it's the same. I've seen other films where a surgeon does a procedure and they do that. They like run some pretty powerful music and it's like, it's almost like the re- whatever's going on around them disappears. And that's what it found here. I found here with Bill, like he was doing his thing on the brain. We could see the brain and they just totally immersed it with some beautiful music and made it his thing. And then that's why when in that scene he's deleting the memories, the sound is also really super powerful because it goes from happy, upbeat music. And as he is deleting his daughter's memory, you know, his memories of his daughter, and we see it like physically it goes red and it like symbolically breaks down into black Mm. as the memory deletes. And as you said, we have like, we have like a child like laughing and then, you know, like distorting out. And they did it to the music as well. And that scene is just like, wow, this is like, I, I, I was very pulled into that. I thought that's a really cool thing they've done there with the sound. Um, yeah, there's also during the actual death scene. So I'm talking about the car crash. There's then also like a weird like him doing a voiceover about it and like talking and it's distorted and it's weird. And we talk about like in sound being diegetic or non-diegetic. So meaning that diegetic is the sound in the world of the film. So, you know, if I'm in the, if if you and I are in a movie right now, it might be the sound of this room. It might be the fridge. It might be the microphones. It might be the chair creaking, whatever the sounds are that make this a real world. But then the non-diegetic is the music that the audience hear while you and I are talking or whatever it might be. The sinister that, orchestral music. Yeah, that someone is creeping by yeah, <laughs> outside that's, the that's window. My, that's my golden retriever walking yeah. around forwards looking for food. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, like he's coming for his dinner. And so like that's the non-diegetic. And, um, but in that death scene, it's like they kind of mix the two. And I, and I mean, again, other films have done this too where you have... Uh, you know, the sound is because he's so, in, you know, 
encompassed into that world of it gives you that feeling of of the different death, time like scales overlapping yeah, yeah like as if you're hearing he's saying mona mona you know kids yeah. and that's kind of distorted but it's overlaid him not talking and yeah. searching yeah as if he's done a couple of rounds mm. of it but it, but it, and it all, and it also isolates doesn't it that the moment is him you know like you know, it's like the, the his world has just collapsed. Mm. You know, so you don't need to hear the rushing water anymore. You don't need to hear like the sounds of nature, which would would exist, but they kind of get droned off. And in fact, humans, we do this, don't we? We've we've evolved. We don't have to worry about the tiger, or the Hugo outside the door, your lab. We 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 don't need to so much stress about the tiger outside our window, like going to kill us, right? As cavemen did. So it's like we we can hyper focus. So we actually there's these sounds around us that we delete now. You know, our brain deletes them. But I I ear hears them, but our brain deletes them. And so in this moment, it's just he's hyper focused on the death, unfortunately, of his family. And so you know, you, you the outside sound disip, disappears. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I really wanted to focus on. I think the sound of this film really picks it up. But as always. Let me know what you thought about the film language of. And speaking of other things to social media, other to talk about is, of course, this whole controversy of cloning and mind replication, and uh, you know, is is a, a replicated mind the same oh. mind? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, there's, well, I, I, I go back and forth between the two. You sort of think, well, on one hand. From moment to moment, our mind is changing anyway. Like, mm. if Never you took a brain that. scan of me three minutes ago and a brain scan now, there would be differences. Yeah. And certainly when you're looking when I was a five-year-old to where I am now, mm. my brain you know, structure, even everything about it has changed. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad it has. Otherwise, I'd still be, you know, like a five-year-old, wouldn't I? <laughs> and so this is that funny thing. People say, oh, people never change. You go, well from a baby to now that they've not changed. Yeah. They're still the same baby. Like I've begged to differ, but, uh, and so you could sort of say, well, moving into a, a new clone body, yeah, there's, there's differences and it'd be a sharp difference, but how would that be different from if I fell over and hit my head and got a bit of concussion, mm. uh, went into a coma for two days and then woke up, I would be a bit different as well, but you wouldn't say, and people do wake from comas with slight personality changes yeah. and so forth. And you, but nobody says, Oh, it's not, bill it's it's still no, bill no. it's just you know but 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 that also itself like like i had a uh, severe car crash when i was 18 and it changed me you know and i also you talk about getting your nose broken like oh it was the same for me like i got punched like you know king hit uh so not involved in a fight like someone just king hit me and that changed me. That changed my behaviour, right? Because mm. that's human, isn't it? Like we, we haven't like, and you and I are fathers again. Like even we've talked about it a lot tonight with this movie. Like even watching a film pre being a father versus watching a film being a father, that then kind of has a father theme in it. You look at the film. You look at it differently, and you can yeah. even you your your human brain can actually even see the difference, right? Yeah, yeah. You're watching absolutely. it going, oh, yeah, if I was 20, I wouldn't look at this the same way. And so, yeah, it's 
you change, you change, don't you? You change. You change. You change. And so how, how is it different from being, you know, transferred? I don't and know. this is this is where I keep going back and forwards. Is I sort of think, well, it's just. I mean, if you went into surgery and you have your general anaesthetic, yeah. and yeah. then you just wake up, yeah. If during that time you'd been transferred to a new body, you'd known, you would have never. There'd be no difference. No. Um, because you feel, because I had that, you know, a couple of years ago in my procedure and you wake up and you're kind of a bit weird and you feel a little bit weird yeah, and like, you feel a little bit out of your body. And really and, you are, again, you are different from when you went in. Absolutely. You are because you've had that experience. You're measurably different. You know, if, yeah. if someone had taken a bunch of measurements of what was going on in your brain and that, That's what they do, don't they? After, they do take a couple of measurements, don't they? You'd be, you'd be noticeably different. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So... Let us know what your th- you think about this. So I I flop back. I yourself? flip and flop backwards and forwards between the <laughs> two, but uh, I I can see the arguments. So let I us guess know. this film is perf- is perfectly um, sound in that argument, isn't it? Sorry, that because at the start it's like, can you take a human brain and put it into a robot? And the answer is no. And then it's like, can you take a human uh, brain and put it into a ver- like a cloned version of yourself? Well, the answer is yes, because you can feel your body. Mm. So yeah. like you said, if you went into hospital and they put you to sleep and then you woke up in your new body, would you reject it? Probably not, because you kind of been sent into it, haven't you? Like yeah. You wouldn't really know the difference. How, It'd just be creepy, though, if you looked over next to you and there's, and there's, there's another, another one of you who yeah, looks well, over would, at you. and you would of... learn very quickly in the first few of the, here, sorry, here's your old body. You'd be like, ah! Like, oh, okay, we shouldn't show the old body. <laughs> Especially if it's good. Why like, does it keep failing? <laughs> it still waves yeah, back sorry. at you. <laughs> sure, man. I'm going to the incinerator now. Yeah. Catch you on the flip side. Uh, Remember to feed Hugo. <laughs> that that was me that died. Because yeah. that's the problem is when you have the two copies, you yeah. go, no, now that is a copy. It's still yeah. a valid person. Yeah. But anyway. It's, it's yeah. Country- and it is with Bill... That's the thing with Bill putting himself into the robot. Oh, like, I love then that the bit, robot. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. Isn't he says, it? how the... do you feel? Yeah. And I ask him, how do you feel? He says, it might sound strange, but I feel like me. Me, yeah. Because so, that's the algorithm, right? Yes. So he's felt in, yeah. And, and then he's like, that, 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 see, that's where I feel like at the end of this film, that could then be a whole other film. Is like, once he's in the robot part, he's living a new life. But he thinks he's Bill. He feels he's Bill. Mm. He feels like that's what the algorithm has done. It's like made him feel like he's a he's Bill, right? He's okay, even though he's in a robot body, and he knows he's in a robot body. He's able to then like do the procedure and shit. Doesn't he then go off and like kind of go, yeah? But I want to do stuff in my life. Like I'm not just a robot. Yeah. Well, I've I've been because clearly he doesn't have the same emotion for his family. Yeah, because, because wouldn't he like want to Bill stay? Because Bill was so... Uh, there's a TV show on Netflix. What's that called? Jeez, I can't remember. No, I might disagree with you, sorry, because he might... He, he, he goes, oh, the right thing to do is like save the family. You save the family physically. This is the thing. See, this is a good question, right? Oh, you, okay. You okay, duplicate yeah. yourself and in a life or death situation, you're like, one of you has to stay here to do something. But the other one it will save the family, you know, like physically take the family somewhere else. You know, your wife and your kids. But for them to survive, you have to stay here. Yeah, wow, that is right. A- and it's, it's the same job. It is the same job. It's that you go, yeah, well, like mentally, 
I have to stay here. For would them you to Would be you safe. feel satisfied? Yeah, that, that yeah. You have um, essentially carried out that sacrifice. Yeah, and and got, okay. And I think you that's, would. That's that's a question we need to answer then. Yes. From the audience is. Yes. <laughs> does that work? Does that scenario put out by my? I like that. We should. We should. How many more Chris's do we know? <laughs> How many Chris's can we put in a Chris pun? It must be more. <laughs> Okay. Let us know. Let, How many Chris's are let, let us know. <laughs> so, yeah, you can get in touch with us, uh, you know, at you know, grabbyundone.com or, yeah. or um, .net or .com. They, they both get the same spot anyway. Probably uh, if you Google Gravity Undone. Space, <laughs> Space Brains Podcast. Yeah. Check out my website. You'll Mark find Mark Regan, us. filmmaker. You get on there, just Google Space Brains and we're Facebook, the, we're Instagram, the, we're the top Twitter. Five, we're on all six of those responses. cloning company websites. Cloned, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's it for me. And, and check out the Three Chrises at Christmas movie coming oh, soon. Next week's classic. Starring Hemsworth. Next, next episode's classic movie, Fifth Element. Oh, Get in there, see it, big bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom, bada boom. And we'll... Uh, flying cars, sorry. Flying cars. Where's my flying car? See ya. See ya. See ya. 